Mustache? No. Sideburns? No. Goatee? Maybe. Beard? Beard! Six zero three two eight three 
6160. It is episode 20. 20. 20. Of double, double 20. Digits. Yeah, of uh, Beard Talk Live. Talk, talk a little bit, nobody. Nobody's here. Nobody cares. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to hear from you. <laughs> I care that nobody's here. It is the illustrious return of the actual corporeal version of uh, nobody. The 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 real carbon life form version, not the digital representation that we've been getting. It's here true. in the studio. It's true. Here to remind you that the carbon they really want to limit. Is you? Yeah, indeed it is. <laughs> really, you know, really can't. That's argue a with very that. good point. Now they they do tell the truth when they say so many things, and it's it's really all about population control. See, they need to control just the entire population. It's true. So, like, I don't I don't get that though. Like, what's the point of controlling a population when, like, arguably, no, arguably, the entire population is not out of control concerning growth rate, right? Uh, many studies have refuted that. Yeah, no, we're not any on any sort of path to destruction. We're not going to sure overpopulate. Ain't. You know, there's plenty of land for everybody to sort of have space and that kind of a thing. So what's the point other than just, you know, megalomaniac, tyrannical desire to control other people? Well, have you ever been addicted to something? Sure. Right. I am right now. They're addicted to power. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. They are. And power, basically, it's heroin. Dicks. Only it's like a heroin that your own brain makes for itself. So what? that's what? their thing. And of course, just like heroin, the next hit's got to be bigger than the last. Why do they got to be dicks about it? Because being an addict makes you a dick, being a power addict, doubly so. Yeah, I mean, the, you can't exercise power over others without being a dick. So. That's literally their addiction. Yeah. And you can't spell addict without ad dick. <laughs> uh, now, I used to have a have a female uh, chem dep counselor who could spell it. <laughs> Fair <Nice>. point. Um, <laughs> we should, let's, let's get this uncensored bit out of the way just so that we can begin the conversation. Uh, seven words. Uh, shit. Shit. Piss, fuck, fuck cunt, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Very well. All seven, very, very well said. Uh, this is an uncensored program, so again, 603-283-6160 if you want to call in. Uh, we don't have to worry about the fucking FCC fuck shutting them. us down because, oh, I said fucking, you mm-hmm. know. Or That's I, just how I pronounce FCC. Why? Uh, fucking cunts and cocksuckers. Yeah. It's my accent. Yeah. It's my accent. I mean, it's the conversation accent. does eventually turn to the fact that we are in a police state. Uh, yeah, and good. I am somehow to be expected to talk about that without cussing. It's true. I mean, did you know that cuss words aren't actually part of your language centers? They're not even words. They're literally not in your word part of your brain. They are in the, oh, fuck, part of your brain. The the lizard brain in the very center, literally called the R-complex, the reptilian complex, is what activates when you cuss. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It, it's your eat it, fuck it, run away from it. Fight or flight, whatever, that yeah. kind of thing. Fight or flight or the other it, thing. Fuck it. If you so, can't fuck it, piss on it. 
So when I'm like, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm like checking the oil and I can't quite get the dipstick into the hole and I, I sort of slide and I hit my hand on like part of the engine and I go, fuck, what, what's happening there? Your deepest internal part of your brain is trying to manage your pain. Okay. Which it's the fastest acting part of you because it's the simplest. Yeah, yeah, the pain receptors are super quick. Right, well, your pain receptors on their own are actually faster than your brain. Yeah. It, it's why you can suddenly be aware that you moved your hand away from the stove. Because your spinal cord's like, you got other things to worry about. And I'm sure you're wrong. Hand comes over here now. Before we get too into any one given subject or topic or anything like that, dude, your fucking hat, man. <laughs> it looks like QAnon is growing a new shaman. I'm just waiting for the uh, for the horns to grow in. I, I'm not. I'm not, not Quaid. I'm Cohagen. Right? It's from uh, what was the movie? Uh, uh, Arnold. Uh, I'm not Quaid. I'm Cohagen. Right? You got like the extra dude growing out of you. Uh, it's, it's a Total Recall. Mm. Which I, it's funny. I have a hard time remembering Total Recall. <laughs> totally. <laughs> little, but yeah, in in that movie, uh, and they made a remake of it too. But in the the original one, uh, one of the guys, he was like sort of the leader of the rebellion or whatever. It was revealed as he opens up his shirt that he has like another second little dude, like living on him or in like he's a Siamese or something somehow. One and of the only so, like seen. He's got a little pouch there. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, your hat is kind of like you've got another little dude growing up the top of your head. It's uh, true. And look at him smile. And what is it? A three... A three-toed sloth. Three-toed sloth. So it's not moving very well. Or quickly, at least. And that's and, Uncle Joe. He's a moving kind of slow <laughs> at the junction. <laughs> Petticoat. Junction. Mm. So this is my Merry Christmas on top of my head. Nice. Uh, this was a birthday, or sorry, a, a Christmas gift from my sister. Sorry, birthday is next month. And next so year. So you're expecting another hat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the last gift was socks, so I'm covered head to foot. All right, all right. Yeah, no, we, uh, we uh, went to this uh, amazing zoo out in Texas, and my favorite part was the sloth part. I mean, seriously. Where you got to take a nap after you ate lunch? No, no. Oh, that's not the sloth part. That's no, that's that's the sloth part of uh, Turkey Day. No, it is. Yeah. No, the sloth part of the zoo was literally meeting a sloth, twice as close as we are now. Like that's amazing, and I swear to God, they just don't stop smiling. Wait, you met a sloth? Yeah. Was it like, hey, my name's Bob. Who are you? Kind of. <laughs> No, it literally reached out. Now it's because it, a lot of people will buy the little thing that sloth that sloths eat and hand it to them oh, and feed bait. the sloth. So he's like, "Hey, you look like you have food." Yeah. Still, literally smiling at me and reaching out its hand. That was awesome. That's pretty awesome. Did you shake his hand? Uh, no. Did you give him something to eat? I I think so. You just took his hat, didn't you? <laughs> well clearly i skinned him <laughs> varmints there's just so many sleeve around here what was the what was the build-a-bear right it's kind of something uh, like build-a-sloth i something. see so if build-a-bear was a hat shop <laughs> located in a zoo where they had an overpopulation of three-toed sloths <laughs> I don't know where I this tell you I prefer the term sleeve. 
sleeve. Sleeve. It's the plural. I think it should be. Sleeve. It's um, not. But I really how think many sleeves I love Belgium and I love the Belch people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think Belch. <laughs> Don't mean to embellish. I think it's a mm. Belch. Mm. Right. That's onomatopoeia, by the way. If you do a thing that sounds like the thing that you're saying, right? Like sploosh. I, that's onomatopoeia. I believe in the heart of me that that is the foundation of language. So if you could say the word belch while belching, that is onomatopoeia. That's onomatopoeia squared. I mean, it might be on a Like it's self-referential at that point. You are so meta, the hipsters are knocking down the door. Meta onomatopoeia? Meta onomatopoeia? Wow, no. Come on, give it a shot. <laughs> Meta onomatopoeia. There you go. All right. I need to spit it out. Meta onomatopoeia. Meta onomatopoeia. Now it's a portmanteau. It is. Meta onomatopoeia. Very like well. Uh, we've covered all the bases. We've invented vocabulary. We've invented a, a portmanteau. Uh, and so, yeah. Well, well all right. Done, good night, everyone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Happy New Year. We got through it quick this time. <laughs> well, it's a uh, quarter of an hour till the New Year. minutes into the show. Yeah. Uh, it's it is both simultaneously the New Year's Eve and New Year's Eve 2022 and New Year's Day 2023 episode. It's true simultaneously, which means at have, the same time. How are we gonna have a day episode in the middle of the night? Actually, it's not true. It's not simultaneously. It's sequentially one after the other. Ah, once our clock strikes twelve, right? It'll be the other. It'll what? go from one to the other. Right now, it's one, and in a bit, it'll be the other. Why does the day start in the middle of the night? I don't know. Because it's a weird world, bro. I when mean, day turns to night, night turns to day, and every time it does, let me hear you say, jam on it. Jam on it. That's right. Jam on and on and on it. A wiki, wiki, wiki. See now that? I have, have you seen heard, my sister, but do not remember. She was standing over here just a minute ago. No? All right. It's too old for, well, not for you. I know you know that one. Heavens to Mercatron. <laughs> I just want to do a metal cover of that too. Like dun 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 I think we've given the Atlantis people uh, a good intro to the new year there. The Atlanti? The Atlanteans. Atlanteans. If I lived in the uh, in the Atlantic time zone, I, I would insist that I be considered an, an Atlantean. It's not Atlanta New Year yet, is it? It's like not Atlanta, Atl Atlantis, Atlantean. Atlantic time zone people right is what we're talking about really right uh it will be their new year's in eastern time yeah. zone we're in eastern yeah yes but there's a time zone in front of us so an hour before us it'll be new year's for them is that's that true right. yep even in the virgin islands so at 11 o'clock eastern there's a time zone before Eastern. Eastern doesn't start the time zone. There's a time zone before well, Eastern. Okay, yeah, that's definitely where, that's where definitely, it will I be. What you're saying, New right. Year's an hour before we get ours, and then Central Time gets theirs, and then Pacific. I was thinking within the United States, and I was oh, like, right, no, yeah. even when I lived in Miami, which is about the leading portion of the United States, it was still Eastern time zone. Yeah. But but yes, you're right. There are certainly time zones that are 
east of the eastern United States. So we'll get to do this show through three actual New Year's Eve to New Year's Day switches. Yeah. Or, you know, if we just don't stop talking, we can do it through 24 of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, probably not 24. That would be one hell of a show. They're definitely going to start uh, Free Talk Live at 7 o'clock tomorrow. How many many hours are in a year? How many hours are in a year? I don't know. There's 86,400 seconds in a day. I'm just wondering, like, how many hours long would that particular episode of Beard Talk Live be? If Huge. We, if we started now and ended, you know, now next year. Oh. Well, I don't know. 365 and a quarter days. Oh, no, days. shit. I, I think I know this one. If only there were a device. I think that one's one million. Really? Roughly. No. It's not that round a number. I think it's pretty close, though. As I recall, it's uh, like a million seconds in a year, a billion seconds in like 30 years, and a trillion seconds in the entirety of human civilization. Well, a a billion is a thousand times a million, so if there's a million hours... It's it's less than that. No, no, not hours. It's 8,700 hours. 8,760... For Gregorian with a leap year, it's eighty-seven, eighty-four, eight thousand seven hundred eighty-four hours in one year. So, uh, in order to listen to that one episode of Beard Talk Live, should we have recorded it, which we're never gonna fucking do, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> which is I mean, fucking impossible. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, well, it would take somebody. If you have enough hosts, and you keep swapping them out. Well, it would still. It would take somebody at you know, 0x or 1x speed, right? Whatever the, the regular velocity. It would take them just as long to listen to that episode. So we'd only be on the hook for one episode every other year. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's true. But that episode would have to be a year long. Mm. So that's like, the cat. you work for a year, you're off for a year. You work for a year, you're off for a year. Or what if we could just throw it on PeerTube and have everyone hosting it and watching it and putting it on? It's a we'll just series circulate of the tubes. entire thing. <laughs> it's peer tube, it's YouTube, it's porn tube, it's fucking uh, the cardboard tube in your paper towel. That's the most terrifying idea ever. George Bush was right. It's tubes in my amplifier, man. <sighs> just a series of tubes. Just tubes. <laughs> Nobody welcome back. Thanks. Thanks. It's good to be home. So what do you think we should do with this series of tubes? Um, I think we should form the uh, the unorganized militia signal corps and and we should find different ways for people to communicate over them without the government having to concern themselves with what was said or by whom. That sounds brilliant. I think that's uh, really our only peaceful way going forward is uh, to decentralize that. Like yep. the the militia has to come back into existence, but problem is people are not interested in responsibility. Aren't, aren't well, no, they're not certainly. And aren't there already like a series of militias in different states that that already exist? Like uh, if you if you're in like Michigan are. or something, you go join one. Right? So those are paramilitary militias, yeah. and fuck that noise. 
Honestly, what other para- kind of militia paramilitary is organizations are for uh, for young men and boys, I think. But the original militia was very simply the citizenry, and not in the sense of a bunch of subjects, in the sense like the people in a community. Of course, the men have guns. We're we're shooting things that will either eat our stuff or feed us. Yeah, like every uh, of course everyone had a gun. Duh. And those are the militia. That's the militia. That's also who maintains the law, the common law of the land. It's pretty obvious shit, really. Property. Back to property rights as always. Always comes back to one simple idea. And you can phrase that as property rights. You can phrase that as uh, the right to life. You can, I mean, there's a bunch of different ways of putting it. You can phrase that as the soul, philosophical agency. Like there's this one single concept that you can come at from another, uh, another million different ways, I'm sure. But you get to the same place. There's a new sheriff in town. His name is Philosophicles. <laughs> nice. And then there's Humiditus, Greek god of bad hair days. Oh, indeed. Yeah. I heard he was frizzy. It's true. <laughs> uh, something that got brought to my attention that I thought you guys might you know, be able to riff on is uh, apparently the Federal Reserve uh, turned 109 years old well, a week ago, December 20, on, on fucking Christmas Eve, apparently. Oh, yeah. December 24th, 1913. 109 years old, and uh, the U.S. dollar's purchasing power eroded more than 96% since then. Yep. Wow. And that's according to their bullshit numbers. Yep. Now, so, the real... More than decimated. More than decimated, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a fact. 109 years and, you know, 96% of its value. Like, yeah. apparently... Like a dollar had the purchasing power of like thirty bucks, thereabouts. You know, a uh, hundred bucks, a hundred bucks even. So, oh, right, because more than decimated, right? Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, it's yeah. technically incalculable because on the one hand, you have the very simple amount of like inflation as we think of it, yeah, which is just you know purchasing power, and okay, well we have technology perpetually increasing, which means that things are always getting cheaper as we get techniques to put less and less effort into creating the same amount of stuff. And that's almost measurable. Yeah. Then there's all of the things that you have destroyed that you will never even know. All the ideas commingling that you choking off our ability to create new solutions to problems. The, the unseen is... I, I mean, it's literally unimaginable what they've stolen from us. Well, and, and I want to address just general people, right? The the public, if you will, right? Because, oh, well, all these votes have gone Who by. Who addressing before? Well, I, I just <laughs> specifically, I want to point out that the public is what needs to step up, right? We can bitch mm. and moan and complain about whoever is sitting in the chair, Right. But the fact of the matter is, is that people are voting and that's how these assholes get in the chair. And so at some point they need to take responsibility for the assholes going into the chair. And if there's no asshole good enough to be in the chair, then don't elect anyone. Right. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you know it? 
none of those assholes are worthy of it yeah. because no one can be. Yeah. And if you can't find anybody who's worthy enough that you want to elect in that chair, it should tell you that the chair is what's ineffective. The right. chair is the fucking problem. Let's go for a while. Let's break up with the chair for a while. I think it's time we found ourselves. <laughs> I'm very much down. Exactly fuck right. that chair. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about your president, and I don't give a fuck about your war. <laughs> Nobody plisking over here. It's true. I thought you were dead. I thought I was taller. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you farted lightning <laughs> and shot fire from your eyes. Now that was uh, that was uh, William, William Wallace. Wallace. No, it wasn't. Mm. It was the story of William Wallace. Well, yes, true, true. <laughs> Who's William Wallace? Oh, uh, Braveheart. Nah. Uh, yeah. Thought you'd be taller. <laughs> I was watching, I don't even remember what it was, something recently. And uh, uh, somebody that I know for a fact isn't very tall, uh, uh, an actress. And like standing next to somebody else, I'm like, she's not that fucking tall. How tall is, how tall is this dude? And he's like 5'4 or something. I'm like, oh, I see. They've got him up on the the big, you know, steppy shoes to make him seem as as if he's the same height as this woman. And uh yeah, mm. wasn't the case. They do that on TV though, right? Oh, yeah. Like uh Tom Cruise, right? <laughs> uh, uh what's Come his name? Come out of the closet, Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, uh, Iron Man, the guy who played uh Oh, uh Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, him and then uh, uh who played Pepper Potts. It was blonde thin uh, Sorry, the device knows. Yeah, uh, at any rate, were you going somewhere? She's not a small person, ah. right? And so, but then when you see them together in the movie, he's like somehow they're, they're eye to eye, and like he's not having a he doesn't have to like reach up to kiss her or whatever. Right? The the mechanics aren't distorted by the appropriate amount of height between the two of them, right? Right, is all I'm saying. Uh, and so this is a, a trick of the camera or a trick of the uh, production where Hollywood or so I learned television about trick producers. photography. Movie tricks. I mean, I was crushed. It's really analog stuff, right? They just make a guy wear, you know, tall shoes or, you know, Gene Simmons style boots where it's like a four inch platform underneath their stilts or something underneath the pants and that kind of a thing. Or they'll they'll actually like dig out like a piece of the stage so somebody has to stand in a thing that's like, you know, lower than the actual floor is to make it appear as if they're the same height. Mm. All sorts of tricks over the trade mm. when it comes to production. Yeah, literally manipulating your vision. <laughs> he couldn't see through his vision. <laughs> like what? His eyes slid down the front of her dress. I think there's a picture of a of a guy with an apple in front of his face that expresses just that. Do you mean apple is in the fruit or apple is in the electronic device? The fruit. Okay. As I recall, a big green apple in front of a guy in a bowler. To remind us of the idea of uh, how the world itself can get in the way of our own vision. Bowler being a type of hat for mm -hmm. the hat enthusiasts that are paying attention to tonight's episode. <laughs> Did you really think there was a guy with like a 10 pin shirt just standing there holding his ball purse? All right, we got to do this. It's going to happen. Here we go. You want to say it? What? 
All right. Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Greetings, gentlemen. It's Dale in Kentucky. How are you all doing? Dale in Kentucky. What's on your mind? You're on Beard Talk Live. Uh, this is uncensored. So if you want to if you, you swear, you can. Uh, also, uh, do you have a beard? I do. I was going to ask if I should describe it because uh, I guess I should start off by saying long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, awesome. Uh, I guess my beard, it's kind of a gold tee. It's a semi-well-kept gold tee, but still somewhat threatening and frightening to small kids. Um, Perfect. I try to mold it in the pattern of Scott Ian of Anthrax, if you guys are familiar with his work. I, I very much am. I've been accused of being a, a, a cross between him and uh, Kerry King of Slayer, if you know who that is. It could be worse. Uh, it could be worse. That's, I, that's not bad. I, one of my nicknames from back in my rock and roll days was uh, Gary King. Because I was Carrie King's like older, less talented, but still heavy metal brother. I don't have the tattoo on my head like Carrie King does, so <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm Gary King. Yeah, I could never get the beard, unfortunately, to stand <laughs> out literally like Scott Ian's. It seems like it would take too much uh, product to do that, and it just wasn't worth it. So it's, the hair was always so thin. So it's, it's a goatee, and it's kind of, again, it's, it's, a, it's a baby Scott Ian goatee, so that kind of helps you out a little bit. Weird. What's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? Well, uh, First of all, it was funny that I heard you all mention Tom Cruise for a moment. We usually don't claim him here in Louisville, Kentucky. He is from Louisville, but uh, <laughs> we, we don't claim him because, you know, obvious reasons. We we usually brag about being the hometown of Hunter S. Thompson and Muhammad Ali. We usually stick with those two, and every now and then we'll talk about Jennifer Lawrence due to the Hunger Games. But I want to talk about activism. And she was the first female care. action hero. Just <laughs> ask her. <laughs> Just ask her, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because the conservatives, if we if we believe in that false left right paradigm, which I'm sure I'm in mean, good company here that we do not, but if you believe in that false left right paradigm, the conservatives were just bitching and moaning about her recently because I guess she was hanging out with some lefties, but out there in Hollywood, you know, you do as they do in Hollywood. But the fact is, it's it's Hollywood. Stuff. There's not an option. I know. Right, Who right. else are you going to hang out with in Hollywood? Well, and and even outside of all of the weird, creepy crap that is Hollywood, there's just the simple matter of art is a, a, a sort of, uh, it is a politically left-oriented pursuit. Well, I was going to say back to activism, which is uh, my, my main reason for calling, but she's done some good activism, and I, I can't think of the name of the group. It wouldn't be worth giving them the the free publicity because they're not right on all, everything, but she's done some good activism as far as, believe it or not, she's done ads for ranked choice voting, if you can believe that or not. Nice. Are we still talking about Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah. Wow. I did not hmm. know that. That's a fact yeah. I did not know. That's awesome. But again, I, I couldn't tell you guys the name of the group because it wasn't worthy enough for me to write it down, but I looked up the group one day. It was a group that they're very uh, involved in uh, democracy and that, that word we know is a loaded term but among some of their good things was ranked choice voting and fighting uh petition issues and ballot issues so yeah it's a good group she's working with on that end it's just that they're kind of lefty on the other stuff but uh back to the activism in general i guess my first question is uh to nobody nobody or are you going to be okay i'm a little bit worried about you as far as your future of being free are you in any danger of being put back into a cage anytime soon um, well, we always are, but, right. um, there's Just nothing I'm on notice for studio. at the moment. I'm on probation, um, but that's it. Well, I was trying to recall and maybe getting some of, and you guys do wonderful activism, obviously, up there in the free state, but, uh, I was trying to keep it straight. I apologize if I'm, if I'm getting this wrong, but you weren't 
semi-involved with the the crypto sticks or anything, were you? Like uh, one yeah, of them. I was one of them, and I, so. uh, okay. I actually I actually took a plea early oh, yeah. on, not because I did it. Uh, I believe I did anything wrong, but because, um, well, the federal system is completely rigged. Um, right. Yeah, you that's, know. that's the damnable misery of it the most, I think, is that the only way out for almost everybody is to straight up lie to them. Mm-hmm. You have to lie on the record about what you have and haven't done, or they will yeah. punish you. Yeah. Well, that's perfectly leading into what I wanted to ask you, a wonderful gentleman, about with activism. My, my question is more of a, maybe this is one of those philosophical questions where people sit around and stare at their navels and, and contemplate these things, but... I have a name. How much activism? How much activism is enough, and how much is too much? It's a good question. I think that's mm-hmm. a a very personal question. I mm-hmm. some people have been critical of you know, folks who've come and gone, right? Uh, folks mm-hmm. that were here doing activism long before I got here, who left even long before I got here, who've gone on to you know have otherwise productive lives. I think I think <laughs> it's a personal decision for everybody, right? How much is enough? Yeah, in the same exactly, yeah, in, ahead, in the same way that. Our advantage of being voluntarists or anarchists or, you know, libertarians is that we are all pursuing different solutions. Now, people right. think that's a, wit- uh, a weakness and, and it couldn't be further from the truth. If you're centralized, you're not a network, like by mm. definition. And the network power of being uh, like trying to swat a million gnats is uh, it's the same with uh, with so carrying on uh, a guerrilla war is most effective because you have some people who are obeying them perfectly but going a little bit slower than they need to right just you know i'm 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 going to i'm going to fill out the paperwork i'm just going to take your time while i fill it out i'm yep. i'm going to deliver i'm going to deliver this yep. whatever it is but i'm just going to take a little bit longer and it goes all the way from that side to the I am straight up deliberately and in front of you and telling you about I am not following what you're telling me to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why I prefaced that. Well, I, I definitely hope I didn't sound like a smart ass when I asked nobody if he was in danger of being put back in a cage because, like you said, a lot of activists have come and gone and hopefully they're still with us on this planet. But I think of like Derek J and all the work that he did back in the day. I'm a longtime Free Talk Live uh, amplifier and supporter. And, you know, he's been in a few cages, and obviously Ian, both in the past and future, has some cages. And I just worry about those things because did, did any of you guys ever uh, read books by Claire Wolf? Are you all familiar with her? No. Doesn't mm-hmm. ring a bell. Claire Wolf wrote, uh, well, probably her most popular one was, like, called 101 Things to Do Until the Revolution. Hmm. And she had another one, like, called Don't Kill the Bastards Yet, that kind of stuff. I thought maybe you guys <laughs> I, I've heard that second title. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps well, I've said it, called, too. Right. And, and Claire Wolf had a book called uh, The Freedom Outlaw, and she talked about there are three types of quote-unquote freedom act, uh, outlaws. She talked about there's the ghost, the agitator, and the mole. And not to bore your audience with this, but the, kind of the... the, uh, the no, I, t- I, the- I grok. Yeah, we, we, have, <laughs> we definitely have those in our audience amongst others. Also, yeah. like, I just... <clears throat> I, I don't feel like I'm doing activism... And I'll tell you why. Uh, okay. It's you know it's not because I you know I'm not going to like you know hold a sign or whatever. It's because uh, I am doing what many people consider activism: sitting here in front of the microphone, you know, being a dissident, 
right? A lot of people consider that activism. I am risking myself just being here in this studio, of course. I know the FBI is listening to us and has been for quite a long fucking time. Proven but, fact. But to me, I'm acting freely, right? I'm acting in a an autonomous individual way. I'm acting of my own volition and my own choices, and I want to see more of that in the world. Now, what's funny to me is that I would think that deep down inside of every person's heart who thinks they're, quote, an American, unquote. I would think that deep down in their heart that they also deeply value and want to be free people, right? Yeah. And so to me, I'm acting normally. They're the ones who are acting abnormally. I'm acting like a free individual person. I'm, I'm saying, hey, motherfuckers, there's something completely wrong with this antique and barbaric system that does nothing but oppress and use violence against other people, right? Uh, I'm acting in in a way that I consider normal, rational, philosophically consistent, and morally consistent. Whereas well, you everybody FBI. else isn't. Sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, you mentioned the FBI listening to us, and I think Ed Snowden said it best. I, I, I myself, I used to worry about being on their list. The way Ed Snowden said, it's not a matter of if you're on your list, it's a matter of how many lists you're on. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and that's kind of Claire Wolf gets into uh, in her book, talking about, she talks about the ghost is the kind of activist who tries to live outside of the databases back, you know, when that was possible. And the ghost kind of lives in the margins and in the little spaces where, quote, good little citizens don't go. Mm-hmm. And you got the agitator who is the one that likes to make a lot of noise and likes to get out there and be a crusader. And then you have the mole who's the one that kind of lives an exemplary life and tries to obey the laws, but kind of works on both sides, kind of the mole inside well, the system. And I, so, so I think there's two kinds of ghosts. Uh, one is the off-the-grid ghost, and the yeah. other is uh, what's called a gray man. And right. a gray man, you would never know that they believe as they do, just, you know, at a glance. But they, in their own way, contribute to what they really believe in. Well, that would be kind of like a Venn diagram, I think, between like the, the ghost and the mole then, because they're kind of mm, still working point. within the society, and yeah. they're... Uh, they fly in and out, kind of like they got their own little freedomistas, and they might save themselves up for the day when one single act of sabotage can bring down the whole system. Well, I would think of the mole as those that get into the corporate and state governance apparatus. So like right. uh, it, politicians, lawyers, things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do have a few of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, uh, uh, Zephan makes no, uh, no secret of the fact that that's, Basically, his plan is he's getting into the legal system so that he can do the most valuable thing to undermine the uh, oppression that's on top of it. Mm-hmm. And what he's going to do is bring more libertarians from around the world into New Hampshire, which they are currently sitting in the in the way of. But if you dance their particular dance and give them money, then they will let you bring someone in. It's a safety right. dance. Yeah, I wish it was something <laughs> yeah. that lighthearted. I mean, again, the activism, whichever you are, I don't know if it was nobody or yourself that had said there about the different types of activists, that we perfectly see that just on Free Talk Live. There, there's the Ian type of activist and there's the Mark type of activist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I'm like you. I don't know if I'm an activist or not. I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of so on so many lists that Snowden would say I – I did podcast myself mm-hmm. for several years. Hey, you called in, man. That's more than uh, a lot of people are even willing to consider doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, 
unfortunately, there are several years of me doing podcasts, so they can hold all that against me. And so, and as far welcome as the, to several more lists. <laughs> <laughs> only several. I was working for yeah, and, and then and for better or worse, well, we are the after years, show, so you know. <laughs> right, right. And then for better or worse, the last three years, I was uh, just finished uh, three years as chairman of the Libertarian Party here in Louisville. Is there and, an uh, upward oh, nice. bound on several? Sorry, I get distracted by shiny <laughs> objects sometimes. Usually several is up to like three. Up to three. No, I thought it began no, at three. No, no. You, you can't. Three is like, not like several. Like four Two would be is, several. One is not several. Come on. Three is a few. <laughs> four is probably bordering on several territory. Mm. Okay. Three is it definitely. It might be a regional thing. I, I, just, I was always think it might be a regional thing, different parts of the country. I just think a couple was two. And a few was three. Where, was where's four. the transition a from several f- to many? A couple, three, four. That's one of my favorite phrases. Yeah. A couple, three, four. Can, can I get a couple, three, four of them? You know, you point at cookies or something in the bakery or whatever. And you're like, well, which number is it? A couple, three, or four? I would like you to determine for me whether I get two or three or four or zero. But you best not give me one. <laughs> I go, so a dozen then? <laughs> I would totally oversell it if it were me. I'll the counter. <laughs> But people kind of go in and out of activism, too. I think of it, you know, if you ever watch something that's on your DVR or any other kind of streaming, you have those little spots, you see certain things happening in the stream, and there's different spots where people kind of go in and out of activism. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and what I mean by that is, like, when I was running the Libertarian Party here in Louisville and being part of the state executive committee, there were people who seemed like they knew what was going on, but maybe they were those ghosts. They, they didn't want to be involved at all. And then there's others, they thought they knew what was going on and you just couldn't get them to get out there after do anything well a certain amount of knowing what's going on is completely inescapable in the modern world well like, true. And, but, and there's some factual truths too to the effectiveness of, of activism so like i i've been to some protests didn't accomplish anything felt good you know, yeah, they, met met some cool people. Like, oh, you're yeah, you're against okay, yeah, well, you know that and kind of. That's thing. what you're accomplishing at that kind of a protest, you're, right? You're so, doing outreach to the people who aren't going to come and get it, get themselves. You want to network arrested. and you know make friends and all that kind of yeah. thing. That that's the effective part. But you know, you're, you're not really stopping any law that was passed or whatever it is you're protesting about. Nothing's going to happen, right? You're not going to affect. Yeah. You know the outcome well, of that, whatever. That actually, it is no, I I have seen that happen from time to time. Uh, they'll meet with uh, whoever they deem is the leader of this particular protest, and they'll talk about what laws they need to statistically, change. Statistically, more often than not, <laughs> holding a protest is that's all. It's just meeting a bunch of people who are against the same thing you are. Yeah. That's mm. that's the extent of the effectiveness that they have. And so, like, I ask myself that question a, a lot. And like, one of the reasons we're doing this show right now, Beard Talk Live was because I found that yelling into a microphone about, you know, being a, dis- a dissenter of the state is probably the most effect that I'm going to have. And so while, you know, I'm limited to, you know, there's other co-hosts of Free Talk Live and that kind of thing, if we do this other show, why me and a couple of, you know, my friends can sit here and do it even more frequently and we can do it in an uncensored way and hopefully we can continue to make that sort of an impact. Yeah, it mm. seems to me that, having a new culture is distinguished from activism yeah. because with activism you're in this existing culture you are disrupting it in order to change it but i mean i, well, I do see why you why you would see that as like we are trying to change american culture which is you know down the road right. after we've demonstrated hey when we are free to 
solve problems, we are wealthy. And that will show them, literally show them, that this can be done. Right. Prosperity comes from uh, acting autonomously. But the activism is secondary to creating a culture that cultivates life. Well, when you host your podcast, too, when you're broadcasting, I guess that'd be more narrow casting. When you're, when you're hosting a podcast, you have an audience. As long as you're not dealing with some giant corporation that's kind of filtering off your listeners, kind of like Facebook and all these other big giant corporate horrors do these days, as long as you don't have somebody filtering out your listeners and you can see a growth in your audience, that's what you want because then they might want to host their own podcast. And God knows we don't have enough podcasts these days, right? And um, Yeah, so I, they it's, might get it's weird to say that because – I think there's people out there going, oh, my God, there's so many fucking podcasts. In Not the world. nearly <laughs> enough. But when it comes to liberty-oriented, freedom-oriented, economics-oriented podcasts, like I, there needs to be more. There needs to be more educational podcasts in the realm of all things freedom, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be like branded liberty, but it could just be like more Austrian economics podcasts, right? Something along right. those lines, right? Uh I think more is still necessary, and hopefully uh, us doing one inspires other people to do one as well. I think it's a no, think remarkable right way of communicating. It. Sorry, what? Yeah, I, I think I think we live in an echo chamber. At least I know I live in an echo chamber, and I didn't realize that there were these all these other mass podcasts of no interest to me because I was kind of I was focused in tunnel vision on the on the liberty slash economic. Well, man, uh, half the fucking country doesn't want to talk to us because we won't put on a mask and get injected with God only knows what. Right. So it's real hard to talk to them. Oh, I, I mean, how are we supposed to stay idiot. out of an echo yeah. chamber when the people who do have reasonable yeah. ideas that are very different from ours won't fucking talk to us? And, you know, in case uh, any listeners needed to be reminded, 603-283-6160. You don't have to agree with us. Yeah, please. Well, well gentlemen, I don't want—I don't want to monopolize too much time. You guys mm. can tell me when. when no, I man, I'm, I, di I dig well, it. I appreciate your service trying to spread libertarianism in the Libertarian Party, and that seems like a largely thankless job. Yeah. Although I think they've uh, turned a corner. Do you have one particular event that's like you know sort of the coup de gras, the the event of the year down there for Liberty? I, I wish I could give you one event that comes to my head. Like I said, I, I was very involved with the party for the last three years. I just now have stepped away okay. due to personal and health issues. So I'm hoping that there is a, a giant event. But no, there's not one event unless you want to talk about conventions. And those are so like closed door kind of stuffy, cold well, kind of events. I'll ask yeah, you a different I mean, question. I, are you going to come to Forkfest or Porkfest up here in New Hampshire? I want to, yes. Yes, I'm trying to do that. I, I haven't been up there. Oh, my gosh. I haven't been up to the Sire in close to a decade now, and I'm, I'm trying to make that happen. I, what I was going to ask you, going back to what you were just saying about these idiots with the mask, mm -hmm. I don't know how it is in other parts of the country. Do you all still have these idiots walking down the street with nobody no. around them wearing a mask? No. You'll occasionally see somebody with a mask, you, you know, grocery store or walking across the street or something, but for the most part, it's gone. You'll see a person, right. but they don't congregate anymore. Right. Which well, I appreciate. Yeah, I'll see them on occasion here, and I'll see them, especially in government buildings, because that's, that, that's their religion. Mm -hmm. They do whatever the government tells them, they bow down. And it was like I saw when I was uh, looking at pictures and stuff, even up there in courthouses in New Hampshire, uh, where Ian's trial was, I heard them talking about people wearing masks. And I guess that's their religion. That's what they do. They're always trying to tell us, oh, mm -hmm. now it's a combination of the flu. And the, I, don't, I don't even pay attention to this crap, because 
It's uh, it's Probably. crosses for Satanists. Yeah. What happened with uh, Ian's trial was that somebody uh, selected for the jury uh, had said uh, something along the lines of like, yeah, I'd like everybody to wear masks. And so the judge was like, <laughs> okay, because you want everybody to wear masks, everybody's going to wear masks, uh, except for right. uh, whoever the lawyer was that was talking at the moment. Uh, Ian didn't have to wear a mask, uh, and everybody else had to wear a mask. Unless they, unless they went over to the kitty table, they set aside a whole second room for if you didn't want to wear a mask, you could go watch the closed-circuit TV feed in another room. But if you wanted to be actually in the court where, you know, you could hear everything and see everything, uh, you know, you had to put on the mask. So My clerical tradition tells me that there are invisible <laughs> things in some of our bodies and they will creep into each other's bodies unless I put this piece of, piece of cloth between the both of us. And you have to do the same. Well, back to what you were saying about the event. I mean, I don't know if there are many states at all. Maybe a handful or two handful that have events like you guys do. That's 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 to be applauded. I don't think many people have things in their area like Port Fest or Fort Fest. I think there should be one wherever freedom loving people are. Like mm -hmm. every, you know. I mean, sure, come to ours, you know. But at the same time, uh, I know there are. There's like what what is it? Midfest and. Uh, Mm. There's the Midwest Peace and Liberty That's Festival. The There's the Jackalope Freedom That's the Festival, other one. and and none of those are in New Hampshire, right? They're all uh, the ones. The other ones in Michigan, the Peace and the Midwest yeah. Peace and Liberty Fest, and Jackalope. I don't know where that is. In the desert, it's like Arizona. Arizona yeah, or okay, something. all right, yeah. Well, some of them are too corporate. I mean, you can see big corporations and packs that are doing things like in mm -hmm. Vegas and Florida, and I don't think of that as the same thing. That's that's almost like well, a co-op where they're Kind of like I have a, the tea party. I have a lot of hope for Florida because it's uh, it's at least come out somewhat as Bitcoin friendly, at least in Miami. Good. So I do have some hope for even the the more corporate oriented ones in Florida to at least get turned the right direction. Hmm. Let me but, ask you guys one question. Yeah, they're far and I'll, between. And I'll, uh, hmm? All right, I'll go ahead. I've taken up too much of your time. I mean, I no, you're not. Give me the. Give me the timeline. But let me ask you all one question. I mean, this is kind of like when you're in college. There's no right or wrong answers that you should tell us. But do you all have an opinion as to, and I'm not trying to pit any freedom person against another, but obviously the whole Free State Project and everyone's wanting to get up there to New Hampshire, but then you have people who have left the country altogether. And we know we heard about the whole things that were going down in Acapulco and, and places like where Mark Eds went to. So, do you all have an opinion? Is is it better to move to New Hampshire, or is it better to do like Mark Eds did and get the hell out of the country? Well, we're all in New Hampshire, so that's at least a partial answer. Mm, that's um, true. I think, uh, you know, I've uh, I've considered leaving the country. Um, I I still have a lot of hope for. Uh, for New Hampshire, I have more than I had when I moved here because I've seen. You know, I've I've seen New Hampshire actually moving in the right direction yeah. sometimes, and that's not something you see anywhere else. Um, but uh, I I also wanted but, uh, to address but, uh, what you said about or what you asked about uh, when it's enough activism. The first time right. I was on Free Talk Live um, was also the first time that I was arrested doing. 
uh, activism doing the 420 rally. Mm. And uh, and Ian had just uh, walked away from a potential fight with the government on that on that particular day and some people were criticizing him and and he said so when you decide you don't want to do something and people get on your back for it what are you going to tell them and i said well i'm going to tell them exactly the same thing i tell the government my life isn't yours my life is mine and i will do what seems right to me at the moment and if I feel like doing something different 10 minutes later, I'm going to do something different, you know? Right. And, and either way, it's just, I'm not yours. I'm mine. Yeah. And even well, if you let them use their force, the least we can do is stop lying about what they're doing. Yeah. God, yeah. Like we tend to go through this process where we act as if they have a right to do this to us. And well, that, I think, is a second himself. betrayal. Yeah. Like, they betray us, and then we betray ourselves when we act like they have the right to do these things to us that no one has the right to do to yeah. anyone. To get back to right. Dale's question, um, before I came to New Hampshire, I, too, had a list of, you know, places, right? Uh, uh, Acapulco was one of them for Anarchapulco, the festival. Uh, Vietnam was on my list. Uh, because I'm told that it's super easy to start a business there. Like, if you want to start a bar, you just show up, uh, you rent a space, you go to the liquor store, buy some beer, and you put an open sign. That's it. That's all nice. you got to do to, like, open a business, right? You know, so, like, I, I had, beautiful. you know, uh, I had considered places like Chile, uh, some other places that, you know, I had a list of, I don't know, and I just picked the top four, right? And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? And... I immediately said, you know what, if I don't come to New Hampshire, I'm going to regret it, right? I felt like I was going to have regret. If I went somewhere else first and was like, ah, I don't like it here, let's go to the next place, I, I would immediately come to New Hampshire after, and I did that for each of the places on my list in my mind. I just you know, played the mental game with myself, and so I decided I got to come here first. I got to find out you know, how real is this, uh, how many people are participating, I want to see this thing in action, and uh, I don't regret at all. And in fact, I, I believe even more strongly now, after having come here, I've been here for three years now, uh, that I would have completely regretted not coming here first. And so that's why I made well, the, the decision. Selling, yeah. The selling points I hear about other places, like, I don't know if this is the case with Acapulco, but I hear a lot of people talk about Mexico and in general, just as a country. And a lot of things I hear, they're promoting it because economically it's a lot cheaper and the problem is and i don't know if this is on your all show earlier if this is free talk live earlier tonight when i heard this being discussed it's so damn expensive that every everywhere you see the increase and i'm sure it's not just in new england because it's it's devaluing the dollar it costs too much we're going to be in wheelbarrows of dollars soon but now see now it's all digital so the only thing is you just don't see a wheelbarrow full of dollars it's all on your computer or your phone but my point in saying all that is everything's expensive and that's that used to have concern. a digital wallet. Now it's a digital wheelbarrow. Right. Hmm. I, my concern is I started looking at New Hampshire because I had no really reason, no no accurate, legitimate reason to stay where I am, but it just seemed like it's so much more expensive when I looked at New Hampshire. But I could be wrong. It could just be that's everywhere now. Well, so as far as just the straight-up expense of it, uh, you have to look at the lack of tax in the grocery store. Like, it, it's 
a huge difference there. So the the rent absolutely sucks. That is the the one place where the state still reigns in the everyday economics and of New Hampshire. If you're going to buy like a house or something, your property tax is going to be high. Yeah, and property taxes get passed on to renters. That's just right. the way of things. But the lack of taxes on just about everything it, it adds up. But the, but that's that's not really what you should be. I mean, you can find a way if it's what you want to do. Right. And oh, sure. if, if if you are living in a country that is picking a fight with a nuclear power, I think you would be insane not to consider leaving. So, yeah, I've definitely thought about finding a way to be in a different country. I mean, even Mexico just doesn't have the wealth to step on us the way that the United States does. But the reason that I have voted with my feet the way that I have is I believe in the power of a community to deal with the unknown future more than any other single factor. And there is nowhere else on earth that I'm aware of that has a libertarian community. Yeah. Do you remember, uh, Dale, the concept of, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, with the virus and do the... Do you remember mm, the concept? Uh, uh, there's a term for it. <laughs> herd immunity. Herd immunity. Oh, you remember that Lord. concept? Oh, so, yeah. so think of that, except uh, if enough people who believe in freedom, believe in interacting voluntarily with each other, believe in you know the open market you believe in hey taxation is theft if enough of those people get together we can reach a mass amount of us that is the equivalent of herd immunity right like once we have enough people together in one area that are like hey you know what we're gonna live as free people uh that can be an incredibly powerful thing and so i mean are there negatives to moving to new hampshire sure Sure there are. You don't like winter? Yeah, get acquainted with a shovel, pal, right? Because it snows here, that kind of a thing. So you can find all the negatives you want, but the reason to come here is because this is where the people are congregating. The freedom-loving people are congregating here. It's already started here, and it's continuing here, right? To, to get something like this going in a state, say, even the size of Florida, for example. Florida is a huge state. So to get a group large enough to have that impact in Florida, you'd have to have, I don't know, 10 times, however more, how many times bigger Florida is than New Hampshire is the amount of freedom-loving mm-hmm. people you'd have to gather for the same impact. Right. So I, I would, I I would rather, no, yeah, go, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 I'm sorry. I was just going to say, if, if, I, if I'm to move anywhere, if and when I move to any other state, it would definitely be New Hampshire. Uh, in that same vein, if people were into legislative, activism. I hear it's preached all the time on Free Talk Live and in the commercials uh, within about how your legislature is much more representative because the, the ratio is such smaller yeah, there's... because you have so many legislators. And I try to tell people around here how that's a good thing. And it's just they don't get the concept because there's, oh, no, we don't need more legislators. You don't get it. The more legislators you have, the fewer people they represent. That's right. the way you want it. That's Having more legislators literally divides the po- the power smaller and divides it across more people and my understanding is you all pay them next to nothing too up there is that correct <laughs> that's correct hundred dollars yeah. a year or hundred dollars every two years or yeah. something yeah. like that there are career senators for the state because there's way fewer senators but right. there are no career representatives because you can't make a career out of that there's 
the the power is spread so thinly that no one will bribe you and you actually can be spoken to by the couple thousand people that you represent. So Well, when I was very involved in the Libertarian Party, don't, don't get me wrong, I would love to have people who were in the Libertarian Party in other states to come to my state because at that point that was important to me, growing that clan, that, that tribe, which was the party, the not just the small L Libertarian, but the LP. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them thought, oh, Kentucky must be a good place to come. And the reason they say that were based on a couple of politicians. They based that mm-hmm. on Rand Paul and Thomas Massey mm-hmm. because they both represent mm-hmm. me here, quote unquote, represent. And, and yeah, they're probably better. And to be fair, and you know, there's not a slap at New Hampshire or anywhere else, they're probably better than who my U.S. congressman or U.S. senator would be in New Hampshire. But that doesn't make up for all the other evil bullshit they do here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And yeah. if that's your thing, if that's what you want to do for your form of activism, you know, come to New Hampshire and run because you could probably win, dude. Like, absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah. You don't and, have to tell me. Like I said, if and when I mm-hmm. leave, leave leave where I am, it would be if it's within the United States, it would be to, to come to New Hampshire. I, I've always just puzzled about, uh, not puzzled, that's not the right, uh, right adjective, but I just wonder what you all thought about when people I respect, like Mark, talk about just getting the hell out of the country rather than coming to New Hampshire now. Well, I mean, if, if, if you're Mark, right, he has a point. You know, my my studio has been raided twice by, by the federal agents. Mm-hmm. Why should I stay here? Right. I get it. It makes sense. And also, like, I think there's room for other people to explore the rest of the world and try and find other places where a man can be free. I think there's room for both concepts to exist. And I'm lucky enough to be able to be here in New Hampshire and doing this with these guys and you, Dale, but also to know a guy like Mark who, when he comes, he's here and he does this, but he's also out there doing some other stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning all sorts of other crap because he's doing that also. Yeah. And two things. One, when I have the resources to do so, I will be both here and elsewhere. Right. And... That's the thing. The more government there is, the more they choke off our ability to create, the fewer resources we have at our disposal. But there is something to be said for the fact that this is just where it is most likely to create the spark that is going oh, yeah. to become decentralized government. I mean, well, I'm hoping I'm, you know, in closing, I'm hoping I will be able to at least get up there. If not to uh, Porfist or Porfist, it might be even. Uh, more economically feasible just to come up to Keene and, and hang out with you guys sometime. That might end up being uh, you know, a little yeah. less expensive. Uh, so I look forward to it. You guys are great. I'll keep listening, and uh, God bless you all, and death to the new world order. Thanks you for too. the call, Dale. Peace. God Happy bless. New Year, brother. And Happy we new look year. forward to your visit. That's right. It's fucking New Year's Eve. Yeah. This is, is our last show of the year. It's it true. Is. And then in a little while, it'll it'll be our first show of the year. Yeah, <laughs> in like 25 minutes. <laughs> Stay tuned because coming up, our first show of the year. <laughs> so, one thing that I would like to thank the year 2022 for oh. is we decided not to have a Ministry of Truth. Hmm. Like the straight up 1984. We decided not we to. will decide what is true and what is not we, true. Well, we decided. You will eat the bugs. <laughs> we decided loosely not to use that particular terminology for the organization that functions. No, as that's not what I'm thankful for at all. No, I'm saying that people were sufficiently a upset and relatedly b identified it for what it was. 
Mm. And we were obviously upset enough that they're like, ooh, boiling the frog a little too fast there. We'll have Mm. to back off for a moment. Hope you forget about it. This is the See, and I think that's all it was because I'm sure that they have a whole collection of agencies that operate to decide what's true and to distribute uh, that information through the mainstream media. Twitter files, anyone. Yeah, uh, Twitter files is a perfect example. Um, Mm. But, you know, at least they showed them that there's a limit to how obvious they can be about it. Like, if they really stick it up in our faces... We're going to mention it. Yeah, if, if they call it the Ministry of Truth, everybody's like, oh, no, yeah. well, bullshit, man. Well, but they if they call it... No, no, no. If they, they, call they didn't call it that, They though. never they did. That was it, our label for it. They called it the uh, Disinformation Governance Board. Yep. Uh, I mean, that sounds an awful lot like the Ministry of Truth. It does, but it's not quite that. <laughs> and it, no, that's, that's exactly it. We recognized it for what it was. Right. We saw how it was dystopic, and there was enough of a clamor that they at least backed off on that one step. So how come... And for that, I'm grateful. How come that type of a realization, though, doesn't cascade for the masses of people, not necessarily us, because we're us, but how does that that train of thought not then like crack the concrete of the rest of the, uh, the foundation of the building known as the state? Because if you can realize that oh, look, this particular government agency is named bullshit. That sounds a lot like the Ministry of Truth, right? We identify it for what it is. How come they can't apply that same logic to all of the other fucking organizations in the government? Because they don't want their world to fall apart. But it won't. Yes, it will. No, it won't. Well, no, it absolutely will. It'll improve. They yes. think it will fall apart. No, it absolutely will literally fall apart. And they will have to rebuild their entire view of reality once they allow that crack to do its work absolutely what happens when you realize the government is not by definition good right this is one of the reasons that that uh for an analogy here this is one of the reasons why i advocate for not lying to your children about santa claus mm. right because you're gonna you're gonna rip that rug of reality out from underneath them you're gonna lie and tell them that santa claus is real and and maybe maybe you tell them and level with them you're like hey look this thing's just a story or whatever or maybe they find out later and they're fucking upset with you like, Mom, Dad, you lied to me this whole time. Like, you told me that this was, and like, my entire reality is shattered, right? Mm. You're literally creating trauma within the mind of a child, particularly if they're not ready to believe or disbelieve something, a lie that you as parents have told them. Now, if you apply that same concept to government, then yes, absolutely. Uh, If uh, people realize and apply the logic to this one particular sub-organization, if they're able to apply that to large organizations, yeah, it does disrupt your world. It it rips that rug of reality out from underneath you, and you're like, holy shit, the whole thing is bullshit. It really Mm -hmm. is a monopoly on violence. They really are murderous sons of bitches. Right. It's that same kind of thing. Well, I do think that there's some value in what in letting them watch you become the story that you tell. Now, how much that's canceled out by the fact that they are suddenly aware that you have deceived them. uh, Tough to say. But no, here's this story. It is a wonderful, beautiful story. And there is real archetypical truth to this story. What is at the top of the world? The very tippy top of all reality. Depends on what you consider the top. Well, it's this 
generosity. What do you put at the very top? That which gives life. So here's this generosity at the very top of the world. And it sneaks into every house in the world. That's true. That happens. Right, but it's not a guy in a white beard and a red suit. It frequently frequently fucking is. It frequently fucking is. How many fathers have put on a red suit and a beard to put those presents out? A couple of them are probably still in the chimney. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but just because your dad dresses up as Batman for Comic-Con doesn't mean he's Batman. Okay, but if my dad dressed up and then went out and fought (laughs) crime, then my dad is Batman. And then was he wealthy? Well, fuck you. (laughs) The system is rigged against Batman, and I say that there's no reason to let their rigged system keep us from having as many Batman as we can muster. Uh, With regards to government, though, uh, you're right. Uh, I describe my process of coming out of the fog of statism, right? That's that's the term that I still use because I don't have a better way to put that. Right? Accurate. But but I, I simply somehow the fog lifted and I was like, oh, fuck. And I think it was like one of the most damning things was look at the fucking evidence, right? If you just look at the evidence, the evidence is overwhelming. The evil that statists do, right? A democide, for example, one of the biggest uh, revelations that I could ever read understand i can't even read it and understand it i had to have somebody else interpret it for me uh in the form of uh people who wrote articles about this data that was done and it's uh is it hawaii.edu i think where the data still lives i don't know on, on democide i'm pretty sure it is but when you take a look at that and you go hmm this is the united states government designed to protect people to keep them safe to prevent invasion to to uh you know keep keep us free and then you look at stuff like democide, and you're like, nope, sure as fuck isn't. Yeah. <laughs> Not by orders of magnitude, as a matter of fact. In fact, if you can find some small thing that, that the state does to like help a person or a small subset of people, it pales in comparison to the enormity of the evil that it does on a daily fucking basis. Is the Terminator human? A little bit of it. The outer bit. Part of it is that masquerade as a human rights organization and a charity and all these wonderful things. We will protect your freedom and your property and your prosperity. It's a little bit human on the outside. It is a skin, though. It's a machine of death. It like, uh, remember cell That's phones? Core. You used to be able to buy the skins for them, you know, different colors and styles or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's that's what go- the organization known as government is a skin over evil. Mm-hmm. It just dresses it up, puts it in a different costume, makes you think it's doing good. Yeah. When if you look at the facts, it's not. It's not doing it. In fact, it is slavery. The institution known as government is slavery. It's just a little less slavery than overt slavery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's 30%. slavery. Yeah. But here's the thing. Well, it's officially like, what, 30%? Thereabouts, yeah. Okay. Um, Could be as high as 50, depending on how you slice it. Now, on average, if you include state, local, and federal, it last I heard, it was about 50% yeah. average. So, but I'm fine with calling it 30 for easy conversation. Okay. 
Now, a third of my life is basically sleeping and brushing my teeth and, you know, that is necessary for not dying, you know, eating. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're basically taking up your life. Now, if you're a real special puppy that has the shiniest chain, then you do all the corporate tricks where you only take like 10%. Ha ha ha. I'm only 10% slave. Not like you underlings. Right. But you're still a slave. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, no, we choose to come together in this. No, we fucking don't. You may believe that you choose to, but you cannot choose to unless there's a choice. Well, and and in fact, a person who, uh, you know, is sort of comparing themselves against another person. One guy's 10% a slave. The other guy's 30% a slave. The guy who's 10% a slave is now going to fight to keep whatever is in place, whatever statist, uh, you know, laws, codes, uh, things are in place that allows him to stay at 10%, right? He's going to fight for those things because oh, yeah. he's less a slave oh, than yeah. the other guy who's 30% a slave. So he wants oh. to keep his slavery as minimal as possible, which prevents him from becoming not a slave at all. You know, mm. a gilded enough cage will make them do genocidal acts to keep it. Mm. But it's still a cage. It's pretty funny. In the South, they talked about the uh, the house slaves and the field slaves. Yeah. And uh, the house slaves looked down, down, down on a lot of the field slaves. Yep. Or a lot of the house slaves did. Yeah, the uppity-uppest of our house slaves wear black robes. Because if you're on the Supreme Court of the United States, you get to decide everything. I liked the other Supremes so much better. <laughs> Sour cream and onions and no, the other Supremes. The uh, oh, Diana Ross and the Supremes. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Much better than Clarence Thomas and the Supremes. Agreed. But yeah, that's why what we're proposing is radical. It's fundamentally radical. True I, absence of slavery has never been tried. Yeah, I don't. See, I don't find it radical. I find everybody else the radical ones, right? Mm. I I find it rational to want individualism, to want uh, autonomy, to want to be able to make my own decisions and be responsible for myself, to interact with people only on a voluntary basis, and also to be able to opt out of interacting with people I don't like. You know, Mm. Uh, to me, that's like, I'm not a radicalist. I'm a rationalist. Everybody else is radical, in my opinion. Mm. No. They can't be on the outside when they are the inside. So the radical difference. And, and I mean, or okay, so radical out? comes from, from the root. Yeah. Now, they're not from the root. That's the thing. They're insane. Now, they all have one madness. But no, we are radical. We are such a ridiculously huge change from all that has ever been in civilization thus far because we are proposing full autonomy for individuals. Seems rational to me. It is rational. Rationality is radical. Mm -hmm. Totally radical rationality. Because radical is really about the magnitude of the change that... It's more a measurement of the magnitude than the the antithesis. Right. Now, they've painted that with this emotional brush to make you think it's the same thing as conspiracy theorist. 
mm-hmm. which means nothing like the words that you say when you say conspiracy theorist. Which, by the way, did did the CIA actually admit that they killed? Oh JFK? yeah. Oh, that like they recently? killed JFK? Yeah. No. No, no absolutely fucking not. I, I thought that happened recently based no. on some news feeds that I saw. No, they, I didn't dive into it because I'm like, put ah. out some some documents that, you know, made it even clearer, I think, that they did, but they didn't, uh, they didn't cop to it. Yeah, they should really just tweet out that they can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> no. Now, I'm quite certain that they did the organizing. They did not do the funding, and they did not carry it out themselves. Okay. The oil companies did the funding, and the mob uh, found the hitmen to carry it out. And holy shit, did they have a lot of hitmen. That's why you can't find audio of that day anywhere. Anywhere. Wait, because they have hitmen? Because there were a shit ton of hitmen. How does does a shit ton of hitmen equal lack of audio? Like, I would imagine oh, no, no. it's just a, a state of the that's time, That's why right? they suppressed the audio. There was a bazillion different radios all there for the president's uh, uh, parade through town. I see. There were and live you, broadcasts going on. And you, you cannot find any of that audio because it has been violently suppressed. Now, you can find references of the fact that there were... It sounded like there were so many shots, but no, it was just the echoes off the tower. Right, right. You can find those stories. And you cannot find the audio... Because there was a shit ton of gunshots that day. Hmm. Well, I wasn't alive for any of it. And, uh, you know, everything that has happened since then surrounding that event has happened, you know, post my birth. Hmm. So I've I've seen a lot about it. Uh, of course, uh, was it, who was it that made the movie JFK back in the day? In the, oh, uh, I, I remember. Back into, yeah, back into the left. Back into the left. Back into the left. Back into the left. That was controversial. During its day, the release of that movie was, I remember like, there was a whole bunch of like press about, about like, oh, it's the most controversial <gasps> film. And like the term conspiracy theorist was coined as a result of that. Uh, and I'll, like, and then I saw the film and I'm like, yeah, okay. And like, it didn't seem conspiratorial at all to me. I was just like, oh, somebody made a documentary. Okay. So <laughs> that was actually conspiratorial. It was a conspiracy of Hollywood. To induct the idea of back into the left. They said it like a mantra throughout that movie. It's been repeated every time since. And as long as people believe that the last shot was back into the left, then everything's fine. It was the grassy knoll. That's the conspiracy. No, no, it's guy in the fucking sewer. It was up into the left and it was a fucking shotgun. That's why his head exploded. That's why there's footage of Jackie gathering his brain off the back. Like, a gun doesn't do that. A shotgun does that. Yeah. And there were so many shooters, and they all failed. Except that last one, which is why he stopped the car in front of the grate. And that's the part that I also saw that started in the Hollywood film version of it, and they've repeated it in every single documentary that you will find on Fox or on ABC or any of those. They will always cut down the footage to the individual uh, uh, clips, like one single freeze frame. And they will go through this freeze frame, this freeze frame. Perfectly obscuring the fact that if they just played the thing, you would see that that car stopped right before his head exploded. 
Yeah. Turns out you can't just promise the world that you're going to dismantle the CIA brick by brick and them just put up with it. Well, and that, that does make what we're trying to accomplish all the more difficult, right? Yeah. Which is to you know, sort of ignore the state out of existence, right? To, to invent... State keeps getting violent when I ignore it. Yeah, to, to invent new ways that uh, outperform the old ways. Well, that you can do, but that still doesn't mean you can ignore the state because the state will not ignore you. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, well, one of the things that's most tempting about leaving this country is whenever they get around to doing anything about like, well, here's the framework, they're going to just stomp on cryptocurrency. Well, they're already doing that. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason. We're already at that point yeah. in space and time. There's a reason that every company that bothers to make a, an American part to them makes a special little corporation for that mm. part. Yeah. Because you will have special rules here. Yeah. And they print the money to enforce it. Are we ready for break? It is about that time. Just about. Uh, we're going to do about a 10 minute or here. So uh, to those of you listening live, uh, happy new year. Cause when we get back, it'll be tomorrow. And thus our first show of <laughs> the new year. So, uh, as we go, I'm just going to bring up a little bit of music for y'all. This is Beard Talk Live. We will be right back if I can figure out how to do this properly. Enough of that crap. Yeah, 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 that's just too much for me. A little too close to pop music. I'm not sure how much more of that I could take. What have you done to our listeners? <laughs> it's Beard Talk Live. Back from our halftime break, as we are wont to do. Perhaps well, Who chose the music there? Well, so it was two back-to-back metal songs for certain, but then uh, the algorithm kicked in. Oh. Not the weird algorithm, because that would have been much better. That would have been much wow. better. Yeah, so... We are back, so we could take that off the That would be a great name for an BRB album thing. for him. What is it? Weird Sweet. Algorithm. Right? <laughs> like a Greatest Hits or something. Oh, my God. Yeah. Perfect. <sighs> you know, he should do his own song. He has a bunch he's of done, He's done no, his that's own a, No, that's exactly my point. I think he should do a parody of one of his songs. Oh, parody his own For original? the Weird Algorithm. Uh, oh. Mm. Interesting. Like a greatest hit, if, if, and then one parody of his own song. If technology allows the essence of Weird Al Yankovic to be absorbed into some sort of AI, I think that would be weird algorithm. Yes, that would definitely be a weird algorithm. Wouldn't, or really. if there was a drummer named Alga. And he had mm-hmm. rhythm. But it was weird. Al, his middle initial is G, and his last name is Rhythm. Algorithm. Okay, that's too far. No, I think it's. <laughs> I believe it's far enough. The bloody bridge too far. <laughs> we never take things too far here. Beard talk life. Certainly not with our beards, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. Certainly not. I uh, I was on a video conference with some people the other day, and they're like, "Wow, is that is that your beard now? They haven't seen me since I moved or whatever." And it's quite 
it's longer than it was when I moved here. Is but. that your beard now? No, it's my pubic yeah, like, hair now. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it just grows is on it my real? chin. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking real, man. Like, he's like, this just popped up. Like, I stapled it to my chin for this Zoom conference. You know? <laughs> like, well, technically, it's my beard then, because by the time it hits your eyes and then your brain processes the information, it's grown just a little bit. That's true. Yeah, people yeah. always say, you want to see some pictures of me when I was younger? And it's like, no, I want to see pictures of you when you were older. <laughs> right, yeah. And, um, and, <laughs> and in fact, all photos of you up until that point are of you when you're younger. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think there's an algorithm for that. Is it weird? Yes. <laughs> Weird as the snake uh. suspenders. Well, and that is one fundamental truth about reality. You can only find out the past through scientific process. Whereas the future, that has to be done through something much more closely connected to dreaming. Yes, I agree. So welcome to the new year. Yay! Happy fucking New Year to uh, you. It's not it's 2022 you. anymore. Thank God. It is the first fucking Amen, episode brother. of the year of Beard Talk Live. Uh, why? Just feels like just moments ago. It was our last show of 2022, <laughs> and now here we are at our first show of 2023. Whoa, oh, happy man! Day. Are we like still there? <laughs> Actually, yes. That's precisely <laughs> what happened. Yes, in 2022. That's true. We, we, we are in the same show that we were when we were at the end of last year. God damn it. We've time traveled. We have traveled in time. <laughs> in one direction. Right? Well, Forward. Everybody does that. Yes. All Un- the time. I know. Unless yeah. your standard of measurement is shows, in which case we're in exactly the same place that we were. We're still on episode 20. Exactly. Right. Half of it was last year and the other half will be this year. I don't know how fast I was going, but I knew exactly where I was. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Heisenberg. (laughs) Yeah, I called up the bookstore the other day, and and I was fucking with him. So I was like, yeah, I want that uh, that, uh, scientific uh, biology anthology. The latest latest edition covers... uh, uh, covered Schrodinger and and Pavlov were the two biographies in it. But uh, bookstore clerk there's a joke was, in there. Book, bookstore clerk was too fast for me. She said, "Yeah, it rings a bell, but I don't know if I've got it or not." Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, it is the new year. Hopefully, you've at least for us in the Eastern time zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, yeah. we we missed out on the the time zone the rest in front of, of the us. country. You're gonna have to wait. My condolences to you, pa- poor bastards. You are still stuck in 2022. <laughs> I I hope Seriously. you find your way out of it. Seriously, because it's, it was a shit year. Oh my God, you guys! We have a caller from the past. Oh wow! Beard talk live. Who the fuck is this? Happy Dumpster Fire! Happy oh, Dumpster Fire! Shit. We were just talking about you, it's, it's you as mad if, bastard. It's as if you've been summoned by nobody mentioning, <laughs> you know, we haven't heard from Major Payne yet tonight when we took our little <laughs> break between the two years. Uh, but it's still it's still last year for you, right, Major? No, it's Happy happy Cold Beer. Happy Cold Beer. Yeah, but you're not in the eastern time zone of Michigan, he's aren't in, you? In he's Central in Michigan. Oh, Michigan is. So, oh, it's, uh, it's Wisconsin. Michigan is mostly eastern right. time zone. I, I'm thinking of the UP. I, I'm up. I'm up in the northern part of the mitten, so it's it's cold beer a long time. Okay, you're, you're not, at, you're not at the Traverse UP, City or 
No, no, I'm on the other side of the state. I'm uh, about 20 miles inland from uh, Alpena. Where does oh, the okay. central time there. zone start? Five fingers of the Indiana. Mississippi. Indiana? Yeah. No, yeah. the Thunder Bay River has five fingers, and I believe it is one of the largest drain basins for a single river in the world. I'm not sure about that, but it's an interesting concept. <laughs> I don't it, know it if that's a fact, but it could be. Uh, before we go on, Major, I just want to say Happy New Year to you, even though, I, you know. You too, buddy. That's why I called in. Or I, I had or, called in on the wrong number. I was sitting waiting to wish you guys Happy New Year, but I called in on the damn listen line. Uh, and I still get, I still get hey, you. Hey, so you finally got to hear us. Damn it. So now you're uh, a we don't, we don't have the awesome new Fengal technology where you actually hear the show while you're waiting t- to talk to yeah, us. Technically, he's a listener now. <laughs> That's true. Did you guys figure that out when I call in on your 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 new uh, beard talk that I can actually hear you? I uh, I don't know. I didn't figure anything out. So if anybody did, it's one of our crack producers. Well, we've I, got crack I, producers. We're not. We're not. We're not producing <laughs> crack. We're. we're uh, or, uh, I was going to say, like, I'm not getting my cut from this part of the business, hey, clearly. Hey, you, you, you guys put whatever in the Christmas stockings you want. Uh, something did, uh, you know, if something did occur on the technical side, uh, I assure you I had nothing to do with the improvement. So, I'd rather have crack than coal in my stocking. That is all the hell I'm going to say on that one. Well, when yeah. that myth started, you wanted coal. Because well, they didn't have this not. whole, like, oh, we just heat everyone's home all the time. Yeah. But it takes heat to make crack, so you got to have coal to make crack. That's true. Man, it's a conundrum, man. Turns out you have to have heat to make most medicines. Uh, well, you guys were talking crack about... Crack is usually no made with butane more than coal, though. What's made with butane? Crack. Oh, I see. Because normally they cook it in spoons over lighters. So I have seen. I remember seeing a, a video years ago when PBS used to actually tell the truth. And this little girl it was a very hot summer day, and I don't remember if it was a, a great or a drainage or a uh, uh, what the hell they call them big manhole covers. But she was took a piece of tinfoil and went in a drugstore. And bought like some Drano, and I don't even remember the crap. But some she made it up right on the sidewalk, like cooking an egg. It was spooky, man. Nice. I uh, I and met a guy. Kid, no, my my kid just went is going to jail for the rest of my life for meth, and that's how easy it is to cook this shit. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I mean, yeah, that's fucking bullshit. And that's the thing, like, they put kids on this like, shit. If you're six years old and a corporation built it, you can absolutely be required to take all this. But if you want to do it yourself as a grown-up in a way that you can actually do it, you didn't give us money and we didn't give you permission. Nope. And that takes a whole ass education's worth of money. Yeah, if government just got out of the way... And these things were not illegal. Right? People would be free to do what they want to do, how they want to do it. If they get addicted, they're free to seek treatment, uh, as they should. And in fact, uh, in my estimation, that's the only way to come out of it. 
Right? If you get addicted to one of these things, if you go to jail, you're not. I mean, that's the worst thing that could happen to your addiction. Yeah. I think. You know, because it's not like they can keep mm-hmm. this shit out of jail. In fact, they have uh, what we call a captive audience mm-hmm. uh, in jail. Only fucks up the price. There was a buddy of mine when we was just teenagers. I didn't meet him until he was about 15. Mm-hmm. But evidently, he got hooked on speed when he was like 12. His old man was a preacher. And they lived in Highland Park, Michigan, which is a suburb of Detroit. So it was uh, rough. You know, it was rough. He was a redheaded little cocky fucking Irishman, quicker than shit, right-minded. But anyway, he got hooked on speed. And a couple of his buddies loved him enough where they locked his ass in the attic for a couple weeks because his weak old man preacher, Papa, didn't have enough balls to do it. Yep. And he come back, and he was good. But it didn't last long. He ended up getting run over by a fucking railroad train. So this is how Requiem for a Dream should have gone, just like that. You know, eventually, or a a train spotting, you know? Like, once you steal your mom's television, no, we lock you in the attic. Just you and the major locking somebody in their attic? Because they stole their mom's television. Yep. I'd agree to that. Dude, if I steal my mom's television, like, fix me. Obviously, you are out of your fucking mind at that point. And I would love for my community to be like, okay, you're out of your fucking mind. Let's put you over here where you have an opportunity to get back into your mind because you harmed somebody. You want to talk about being out of your fucking mind? You ought to see what my son did to his house. He had it paid off. I had spent two years jacking and leveling this place. And it was a brick structure, so it was sound. Mm-hmm. Feels foundation one of the oldest houses right around that in the in that neighborhood and he had some kind of crazy idea that there was meth in the ground he was carving out hunks of his house yeah so that drug literally shrinks human brains and he's been a hoarder i got so much shit to deal with i'm just Dude, I'm totally fucking overwhelmed, quite frankly. I hear you, man. No, that that particular chemical is so dangerous that it literally shrinks human brains, which is why its use needs to be extremely limited. And that tends not to happen, given certain circumstances. Didn't this come to birth with Hitler? Yeah, uh, Hitler was uh, huge on methamphetamines. Like the no, entire time that he was, was in no, he was and during his political shocked. career to get there. Uh, 100% of his speeches are documentably uh, meth induced. He was giving it to his shock troops. Oh, I yeah. remember hearing letter. I remember hearing stories about soldiers riding home saying, we can't get what we need because they could buy meth in the corner drugstore. Mama, send me some fucking rock. Hmm. Yeah, I and- believe it. No, the the government gives them a bunch of meth and then stops giving it to them. What do you think's going to happen? And no, I'm not fucking surprised that the Nazis did that with their soldiers. Seems like an effective tactic to me. Frankly, I'm amazed that meth isn't one of the legal chemicals because it seems to me that people would just work so much harder and then die, which appears to be what you would want if you're trying to control everybody. Fucking shock troops. All right, the other thing I wanted to talk about or touch on, you guys earlier were talking about the JFK assassination. And I have had a long-standing theory 
George that, that it's a conspiracy? H. W. Bush. George H. W. Bush at that time was about 19 years old. He had just joined the CIA. I believe he was the culvert shooter. That's why he rose to what he did rise to. So I'm certainly familiar with that one, and i got to say I don't buy it. No? Why not? No. So there's this... Uh, so from what every, everything that I've seen, yes, obviously he was in the CIA, but that particular story seems to all stem from this picture of a guy who does look like George W. Bush and is standing very similarly to the way that he stood. But you can actually tell that it's not him. And look, he was in the CIA. The CIA planned this, but that is not particularly him. Now, what the fuck he was doing? Good question. Because he is the only person on earth who will admit that they have no idea they were what they were doing when when John F. Kennedy died. There's no one that has that story. It's in our own era. It's like not knowing where you were when you heard about 9/11. That is the. I, I think that happened when I was like, what, what year did he was 70, 62? He got shot. I believe that's correct. Uh, 63. Yeah, sixty-three. I, I was just three fucking years old, dude, and I remember the wailing and gnashing of teeth in my house. I mean, how could a three-year-old child remember the assassination of a president when he can't even spell? Well, because of the way your parental units reacted to it as yeah. a child, that, you emulate them. And, 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 Dude. The world changed that day. It, it traumatized Fucking them, and therefore it traumatized you. And therefore, and and now Joe Biden, he's supposed to be the second Catholic president. This <laughs> motherfucker's a joke, right? Jesus. Christ. Sorry, I just went to the uh, glowing box and pulled up an article uh, that talks about. Uh, it's called "High Hitler." H I G H. And it talks about Hitler and the drugs, and there's a quote that says, the invasion of France was made possible by the drugs. Rommel and all those tank commanders were high. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what mm. <laughs> yeah, my, my, when my son got strung out on this shit, yeah. it was during the Obama years. You couldn't buy a job here in northern Michigan, so we went out to the fucking, uh, to the Bakken. And he started slinging pipe, and I started building houses and, you know, fixing shit and whatnot. And, uh, with them fucking, them, them damn rig hands, they pride themselves on being able to sling pipe three, four fucking days. I believe it. And, yeah. and, and it turns into a tweaker. Yeah. That'll do it. So and here's a question. Do you think... And, and, and now I'm going to never see my fucking son again. Because yeah. I fucking methamphetamines. Well, methamphetamines and the state. Yeah. Combination of the two. Look, I'm not saying that I'm approving of what he was doing with his life. Obviously, he wasn't no, in a good neither. place. Me but neither, this is not the, the solution. This is a mental medical problem, and they have no right yeah. to tell us what a guy, sanity is. You know, throwing away the key, that's not that's not how you treat the problem. I mean, you can't have you can't have mass murderers tell you what sane is like the same people who are allowed to do war cannot be the people who are allowed to tell us what health is right i i don't know how that can be unclear these cocksuckers want to describe the new normal shit yeah 
Well, they had to put the word new on it to just, you know, make it seem like it was normal because otherwise you'd be like, this shit's not normal. Right. You know what's wacky? I didn't like the old normal much either. But uh, Fair point. The the old normal was much more normal, dude. Mm. The old normal was much more normal. The old normal was a lot more human, that's for sure. And how fucked up is it that we're referring to it as old normal instead of normal? Well. It's gone. Well. Bye-bye. There is going to be a continuing time of great change. Normal season. I mean, look, one way or the other, the economic system of the planet is shifting tremendously. I'm going to get you, get you, get you, get you. Yes, what do you think happens when you give them that kind of power? Look, there was a time when America was the most ethical place on earth. And then they got an immense amount of wealth and they lost all of their ethics because that's what happens when you centralize power and you get a bunch of it. Well, they also brought in a whole bunch of Nazis. That didn't help. Right. And why did they bring in those Nazis? For more power. Those Nazis knew how to make rockets. So, of course, they're going to bring them in. Why? Because they want power. Right. The one, That's thing the, the, the one thing the Red Dragon is triggered in on is our greed. They can buy us. And they know it. And that's why Joe O'Biden is so obliging. <laughs> well, and that... So, one part of what happened is definitely your son's choices. And yeah, yeah. as hey, the people... As the people, the fact that they can buy us is our choice. Now, as an individual, I got to put up with the choices of all y'all because that's how economies work. Yep. But it is our choice to take dollars for our efforts. And what's worse, it's most people's choices to never take anything else. True enough. And the value keeps falling. Yeah, of course it does. Oh, yeah. I mean, how how the hell else are they supposed to centralize power? More than a hundred years, and uh, ninety more than ninety six percent of its value has been lost. And the whole thing it's Look, it, it's I'm, called the it's it's called the Cantillion effect. They are Cantillionaires, and it, whoever's close to the the money spigot has the most money power. Yeah, sure enough, the hog closest to the trough will get the most corn. Exactly. I remember when I was a kid that. Uh, a whole lot of shit that isn't a felony now, or is a felony now, wasn't a felony then. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much. It's compounded 10, maybe 100 times. Oh, yeah. I, I, There's a... I'm not a legal beagle, so I can't even speculate on this shit. But it's Dude, no one knows how many laws there are. You're, you're absolutely right. And, in fact, uh, they even have now what I call... There's a different term for it, but I call them cascading laws. And so that is to say... Uh, if you get, you know, I don't know, X amount of misdemeanors, then that equals a felony, right? Holy so, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they cascade the charges, uh, and if you have enough of them, then it becomes something bigger than it actually is, which I'm like, what the fuck is that about? Uh, hey, you know the story about me, dude? I had a fucking uh, a fourth-degree sexual misdemeanor. Okay, that was a, a, a misdemeanor. I went, and during the Obama years, I went out west. Well, I couldn't find a fucking address to register under, so I couldn't comply with their registration. And uh, I went online. I trusted the damn computer. My fucking bad right there. 
And in Montana, it says, well, if you only have got a misdemeanor, you don't need to register. So I had a feeling they was hunting me in North Dakota. I didn't know why the hair was standing on the back of my neck. So I went to fucking Montana. Mm. And, uh, well, it only complies if this was a Montana state conviction. Right, yeah. So I ended up going be. to the federal fucking pen for a Michigan misdemeanor. Misdemeanor, and I got a felony. Oh, that that my is first such case. bullshit when they arrest years. you in a place where a thing is legal for having been in another place and done that thing. Like, just, I can get arrested for having pot here in New Hampshire. I can't get arrested for possession of pot in literally any fucking direction. Yep. Go any direction from here, and it's fine for me to, to have that. Oh, but... If the feds want to do well, I, I mean, pot wouldn't work for that because, yeah, the feds say it's illegal for everyone on earth to have that particular flower ever at any time. It's no, a I, schedule I one, don't you know? There's no medical powers in that plant. Well, and I want to come back to the laws themselves, too, because uh, th- while no one can count the number of laws that just a person who, you know, is a United States uh, citizen, resident, whatever, uh, those laws can't be counted, but the rate at which the laws grow can be counted, and it is a rate of 40,000 new laws every year. There's a bunch oh of them, bunch of them going to go into effect, of course, because, hey, it's the new fucking year. There's a whole bunch of laws that, like, from last year's legislative sessions are all slated to kick off, you know, 1201, January 1st, 2023, right? There's some, like, minimum wage stuff that's kicking in, some other laws that I can't remember. Uh, but hey, uh, you're right. You're right, dude. Even when I read the fish pig pamphlet, when I go want to fucking do shit with the right with the DNR so I don't get fiddle fucked with. There's always changes in the regs. You got to read the whole fucking book. Yep. Just to go fishing again. Yep. Yeah. And you're responsible for knowing all of the changes that we made without telling you. Right. And and, and if you go in front of the judge, his ignorance of the law is no excuse. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. You can't even tell me in which order this was made. Because there are all of these agencies throughout the country who have the power of law. Their their particulars will be enforced with the power of law, so every single one of those is a law. So you can't even tell me which which law came first. No, it's gotten completely out of hand. And that's the foundation of their gang. Ain't nobody even figured out the chicken or the egg. How the fuck are you supposed to figure this? Oh, I Dude, figured I'm that so, out. I, I'm, so, I'm so fucking befuddled. No, no, no. I figured the chicken and the egg out. Look. All right. Okay, when you say, it, it comes down to definitions. When you say, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Okay. Are you talking about, right? hey, 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 my turn. Are you talking right. about any egg or a chicken egg? Okay. What's your answer? Well, what's a chicken I, egg? If it if it first a That's chicken, next. it has to be a chicken egg. Okay. Now, the second question: What's a chicken egg? Is it an egg that a chicken comes out of, or is it an egg that comes out of a chicken? Both. But which is definitive? Wait, no, no, no. If it's both, then having only one would mean that it works, right? No, because, you see... Oh, 
if it has to if it has to be both, then there are no chicken eggs. Oh, if it they has, do not exist. Um. Well, exactly because at one point an egg came out of something that wasn't quite a chicken. But the thing right, that came I'm, out of that egg was a chicken. Uh, exactly. So depending on <laughs> exactly. how you answer that de- that definition, which I'm, I'm sorry you couldn't, um, in in order, uh, depending on how you answer those questions, once you have your definitions straight, you know which came first, the chicken or the egg. That well, mind that mind puzzle was a little over easy. I just. <laughs> The chicken ate the worm. The worm was asexual. It's the early bird that gets the worm. It's also the early worm that gets the bird. But I'm yeah. oh. <laughs> I like it. Oh. No more egg puns, really? I th- thought, we, <laughs> thought we'd throw some scrambled in They're there. They're exasperating. And, you know. Mm. <laughs> it's the sharpest hook that catches the pike. Are you, are you, are you poaching jokes now? <laughs> Exuberantly. Oh, I I have Ooh. many posts. My ex-wife was laying here sleeping. She, her old man was a DNR. He sat in a fire tower for fifty years. She made just sitting in a fire tower for fifty years. Like, I mean, how did he go to the bathroom? <laughs> well, if he just sat there for fifty years, was he dead the whole time? No, it was thirty years. I think it was a retirement age. Yeah. I just. But uh, yeah, he, he, before they developed all the new tech they got, he, I think he, I think he sat in the first fire tower that was ever built in Michigan. I mean, I could probably do that, like as a full time job. Just got there, you know, sit in a tower, nobody around, right? What are you gonna do? Read a book, grab some coffee, look at nature, grab some binoculars, take some notes about the wildlife around you. Exactly. I mean, yeah. That look, might look at that might be peaceful. And- Look at the critters and love life. I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine a better existence. I'd love to have that. But mainly away job. from like mass amounts of human beings. Mm. Oh yes, yeah. Having yeah. just the right amount of human contact is crucial to happiness. Yeah, balancing that is something not a lot of people do. It's yeah, kind of difficult. Uh, when they uh, when they deprive you of your fellow humans, unless you are very well balanced, it will drive you fucking nuts. Yeah, you need to get out and interact with our other carbon-based life forms, but the amount of interaction very that that's necessary varies from individual to individual. You know, some people I know can't go a day, right? Some people I know can go weeks, right? Oh, without, I can go. Know, I I I can go a long time, but without My you know going insane, right? Mm-hmm. So to speak. So like, but there's a large variety of difference in individuals. So you know, let's just say the government was like, hey, you know what? We know. Uh, that's the uh, the recommended government allowance of human interaction is this hmm. on average. So now we legislate that everybody must get this amount of interaction with carbon-based life forms. And guess what would happen? Well, the introverts would get really upset and the extroverts would get really upset and nobody would actually get the right amount of interaction that they actually need or require or can tolerate. But we get to put two-thirds of them in jail. Right. Well, and then we get to collect money job? for all those people we put in jail. Some of it from the isn't people, that, and some of it from all the people who we didn't put in jail. Right? Isn't isn't that their job? Is to keep the fucking scales off of balance? My point is, is that it does not favor freedom of the individual. And ironically, since and it we were talking favor health, since we were talking about uh, large groups of people earlier in the show uh, and interacting, uh, 
I'm of the opinion that I think irony is the right word that the best way for large groups of human beings to act is as individually as possible because you are going to get the best outcome. Yeah. The fact of the matter is that you are the only one who has a chance at figuring out what you need. I mean, I can't. I literally cannot. And hell, it's difficult enough for you to figure out what you need. I spent my whole life trying to figure out what the fuck I wanted to be when I grew up. I well, still ain't figured it out. I was going to say, have you, have you grown up yet? I, I, I wear if you don't grow hats. up by the time you're 50, you don't have to. That's the rule, huh? That's the rule. I'm six, Dude, I'm 62. I wear many hats. I can pretty much fix any fucking thing that was made before 19... 19- 95 or some shit. Yeah, but Major, do you wear a three-toed sloth hat? (laughs) No, but I have many times coming upon roadkill seeing a fine three-striped skunk and thinking, wouldn't that be a fine hat to wear to your porcupine quill pig festival? It comes with bonus features you might not be so keen about. What would we call it? Major Appleseed? <laughs> Painful Appleseed? So I oh, think I that wearing the sloth hat is childlike, but not necessarily childish. Thank you very much. And to be if fair, I there's not much that there. is sadder than a 40-year-old child. If I ever show up there, you'll know me. I got a... I can't imagine. I, I can just imagine some guy coming down like, who the fuck's that weirdo walking over this way? <laughs> Fuck, do you think that's major pain? Like we're like, you know, elbowing each other. And then it would be. Hmm. But keeping a sense of wonder is important. I wonder why. Well, I got a fine old Stetson, which is so old, the hat, the top is fixing to come off. Got many, cavalry bulbs on it. How many gallons? I, I, huh? How many gallons? Gallons. How many gallons oh, no, is your hat? Got to be a ten-gallon hat. Is it like a two-gallon hat? No, I ain't fucking hoss kite right, motherfucker. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> is it like a gallon and a half? I mean, what if it's pint-sized? Well, you could water your horse, but the lid ain't quite right because it's so fucking old; it's fixing to flip off. Mm. But it's an old four beaver Stetson. It's better than fifty mm. years old. You, you wore it. You wore it four beaver. <laughs> Poor Beaver. That, that evidently, I, I I've never quite. Apparently, it works. This it either took four beaver pelts because they have very fine hair underneath. It was my and next question. Used for pelting, <laughs> okay. Or the other story is it took four beaver pelts to buy that hat during the time. Did wearing you know, it assist you in you acquiring could take your Beaver? Magic triangle and figure that out, but I don't know. Did wearing it assist you in acquiring Beaver? Um, many times. Told you. Now, you know the I, filthiest I'll... words ever said on TV. Gee, Ward, you were, sure were hard, hard on, on the beaver, beaver last night. night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. Oh, uh, I suddenly I do want a I... an entire cowboy hat of beaver skin. <laughs> Like, have you seen the beaver skin uh, top hats? They're amazing. I can see why, like, there weren't any beavers after a, a while. I had a bad image in my head of, like, a, a fake skin, but it's of, like, Jerry Mathers. <laughs> <laughs> beaver skin. 
No, that's my laugh. It's like who's the who's the uh, who's the serial killer that like cut off people's faces or whatever? Turns out the one uh, true Necronomicon Beaver. He's, he's wearing Captain. You went fucked it all. Jerry Mather's fucking face. Oh God! How, how, how dare you defile the Beaver? <laughs> that's what she said. That's right. <laughs> she even texted me the next day. I was just po- I was just poking fun. I wasn't being serious. I know. <laughs> I don't know. If you poke fun at the beaver, it might lead to something. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah child support. I know all about that shit too. You can only poke the beaver so many times before something bad happens, mm. or hey, something good. I spent most of my life wasted because I married the woman that I impregnated because it was the right damn thing to do. And that was the son that's now gone to fucking jail. Yeah, I, I mean, wasted my fucking life. Well, it is no, the most. It, it is the most important. Cho- Major, just give me one second, please. It is the most what? important choice that you make in your life. Is who you're going to spend it with. Yeah, I know. I know. And if you I- fuck someone, you just might have to spend the rest of your life with them. Yep. So the moral of the story is never pull over on the side of the road and fix another broad's car. That's, no. the, that's the moral of the story. That's how I met R- Wrong yeah, moral. Like, wrong moral. Side. I don't know if that's moral. <laughs> like, I mean, that sounds like advice, perhaps, from Major Pain. Oh, you're finally awake. No. Interacting with people ain't the problem. Making decisions that fuck your life is the problem. Yeah. Speaking of which, do you have any uh, uh, New Year's resolutions? Do I have any New Year's resolutions? I have one. Hmm? I have one. Yeah? You want to hear it or do you want to go? All right, here's... I've made this resolution before, and uh, Mm. uh, generally I've been able to keep it year after year after year after year. Uh, So my New Year's resolution is to never make another New Year's resolution. Ooh, an anti-resolution resolution. So doesn't that mean you automatically fail? It's self-resolving. So you fail in no, your I, own resolution at every year. I, I actually succeed at the so resolution. So you succeed for 364 days, and you fail one day a year. Because I'm making the resolution to not make the resolution. That exactly. Counts as a re- yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. This is my one day. I failed today, but the rest of the year I will succeed. Nice. Uh, I like the tradition. I really do. Did you know it it, it predates all of our tra- our uh, documentable traditions? I did not. Yeah. So starting a new year with uh, the idea of here's what I have been doing wrong. This is what I will do right. I will attempt to improve my life by doing yeah. X. Goes all the way back to ancient Sumeria. My that resolution was- is... I'm not going to sweat the petty things, and I'm always going to pet the sweaty things. There you go. <laughs> Major, you got a root? I resolve to do or to try to do better today than I did yesterday. I don't think there's anything more that anyone can say. Well, it's nice to have clarity. Well, it's, that was pretty lyrical, too. It's a Pretty awesome resolution, in my opinion. And uh, Major, happy new year to you. Thank you for the call. Peace, man. Peace, brother. 
Yeah, I like the idea of clarity. I mean, even if you're an atheist, you can at least see part of the purpose of prayer is to clarify what changes you're aiming for. Mm. Mm. And to do this on a, a, a year time basis makes a lot of sense to me because, yeah. I mean, there, there's just there are things you can't change in a day right, yeah. that you can change in a year. Right. And there's things you can't change in a year that you can change in a decade. Well, I like I like the idea of having you know some sort of a resolution more than I like the idea of praying, right? Uh, most folks will pray for a thing to occur, whereas having resolution is like genuinely spe- or generally speaking an actionable item that you must take. You're not relying on you know the will of the Creator to fulfill your your prayer. A resolution is something you like. I've identified an action I can take to improve my life, and I intend taking that action i like that idea a lot better well i think that at the very least you are telling yourself this is what's important to me and i think that there are parts of you that are listening that you don't actually have direct power over i mean there are creative bits in you that like where dreams come from yeah that are capable of doing things that you can't just command them to do like moving a muscle so when you clarify for yourself, and especially if you like even think the words or say them out loud, mm-hmm. you are giving yourself this message and you're doing it with the feeling of this is important to let your body know, hey, pay attention. Yeah. And I think that that is a huge part of getting there is figuring out what it is that you want in the world. Now, as far as like, that's kind of a loaded Your relationship thought, to a deity? I mean, I figure God's doing everything he can. And anyone else, uh, that ain't appropriate. So I don't I don't ask more than like if this is the way that it can be, let it be so. So I was uh, we mentioned earlier in the show, uh something like 40,000 new laws every year, generally speaking, in the United States. Not all of them, of course, apply to every state and that kind of thing, but that's generally the pace that's been kept for as long as I've been alive anyway. Uh, So 50-plus years Mm -hmm. seems to be the pace. Uh, Some of the things that are going into effect, uh, I think I mentioned minimum wage. Mm -hmm. 27 states will see minimum wage increases in 2023. Uh, the rate seems to vary Uh, of the states that increase their minimum wage, though. Montana is the state with the lowest rate at $9 and 95 cents an hour, while Washington state is highest at $15 and 74 cents an hour. Jesus. Yeah. So I've already seen minimum wage increase in the form of there's a sign out there that says McDonald jobs are going for 15 bucks. Right. We already saw minimum wage increased. Well, that's not a minimum wage. That's just a wage. Well, I mean, it's roughly the bottom of what you can get. Yeah. McDonald's. Uh, Like I said, Fast food actually pays relatively well compared to some things out there. Yeah. uh, To to be fair, fast food isn't really restaurant work. It's factory work. Mm. Right? Because you work in a food factory. That's what fast food really is it's that's true it's a very mechanical very factory-like environment is not it's it's not very kitchen-like right you don't see something like the inside of a mcdonald's in your kitchen right right it's all 
timers and levers and arms and things that are pre-cooked and waiting to be finished cooked so they could fast and to the right exact temperature and all that kind of stuff. Now, you know, your mileage may vary depending on the quality of workers at the McDonald's, right? And how good your product might be. But to me, fast food is a factory environment. Yeah, that's true. You know, you are you are pulling levers and pushing buttons and running machines and, and that kind of a thing more than you are learning to cook food. In fact, yeah. I, I would say you're not learning to cook food at all. Yeah, I mean, depends on which definition of cook you're using. Kind of yeah. like with chicken eggs. Um, <laughs> but if by cook you mean, you know, changing this, okay, technically, yeah, that's that's cooking. But like cooking? No, no, no. Cooking is this completely other thing. Like cooking is a magical process right. where you fundamentally change this into a life-giving essence. I mean, baking, for example, you turn flour and eggs and uh, water and yeast into something completely different, fundamentally other really than what you eggs. started with. Yep. The large. Right. Yep. That's magic. <laughs> That's cooking. I mean, to make a meal is very different from what you do at McDonald's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to cook even for yourself, right? Yeah. But much less cooking for like your family or something, or you know, some guests. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a huge different thing. The the art is completely different. Uh, yeah, one is art, the other is science. So you know, uh, in one respect, I think whatever wage McDonald's is offering these days is a is a fair wage for the type of factory environment you're going to find yourself in. You know, yeah. uh, just think about it. Like you got to put on like hair nets and stuff and with special clothing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You got to put on special gloves when you handle this, different gloves for that. Right. There's all sorts of process and procedures. And, you know, it's uh, that is a, a scary mechanical environment as opposed to, you know, Bob's bar and grill where Bob's cooking up goodness himself on the flame broiled grill. Right. That's that's cooking. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, if you're going to have a change in people's actually quality of life, which is what these people are pushing for, then you can't start from there. You can't say this is the bottom. No, yeah. it's not how it works. You have to improve what the process of people doing their job is. Yep. You have to Im improve the money. And, and like all this minimum wage shit, it's just such bullshit because uh, I don't see a corresponding maximum wage. Right. <laughs> well, just you wait. They are attempting to do a wealth and, tax. And, and you know, the poor bastard, uh, <laughs> poor bastard in Montana that started at, you know, eight bucks an hour and, uh, you know, busted his ass for years, working his way, getting raises, getting promoted up to fifteen seventy four an hour. Right mm -hmm. now, a guy walks in the street, starts at that pay. Like, did did he really earn anything in those three years? No, busting his ass to get. No, he didn't. In fact, no, he lost. Of, he lost value. It's part of the illusion that they cast. Right, they make you feel like you are getting forward when you are in fact going backward, and that's how our money system works. And generally, when the uh, minimum wage is raised, at least nationally, generally they'll just print a bunch more money so that the value of it goes back down to what it was before. It's absolutely what they do. I mean, how could it be otherwise? 
And yeah. funny you should mention well, a maximum the alternative wage. would be a hell of a lot of unemployment. Mm. Well, funny you should mention the idea of a maximum wage because that's actually a uh, a fight that's happening at the moment between two uh, gangs of banksters. What do you mean? So How the, are they uh, fighting over maximum wage? So the European Central Bank and the World Economic Forum, they want a an economic system that is purely political. So they, as the rulers, don't even have to have actual money. Whereas the American system very much wants their rulers to have money. And the, the corporate uh, people of the Federal Reserve... Uh, which, like, there are some holdouts, but basically the entire gang of the Federal Reserve is absolutely not having this nonsense from the World Economic Forum. So whether or not there will be a maximum wage is determined by the outcome of that little dispute. I have wondered from time to time, uh, because of New Hampshire paying their state representatives 100 bucks a year, mm-hmm. right? That's That's nothing. Right. Maybe that's just an old thing that you know they never got a raise since you know seventeen whatever, <laughs> whenever it went into effect. But I, I was thinking to myself, and there's no way to actually enforce this, right? Which mm. is why it won't work. But I was thinking to myself on numerous occasions, well, what if these political positions were just completely unpaid, one hundred percent? Wouldn't right. that be lovely? Like you can't run unless you're like full time retired. Mm. Right. And uh, you have to provide your own income. Right. Well, I can tell you the first thing that would happen if that were the case. They would vote it out. <laughs> that, that's why I said it won't work. Right. Because and immediately they would vote themselves some pay. Right. Because mm. that's well, how it and, works. But. And that's the difference between the American system and the emerging European system. Like the emerging European system is much more technically socialist. So the power is wielded mm-hmm. directly by government and its bureaucracies instead of even messing with dollars. And basically, whichever one wins will determine how fast this thing breaks. Because as long as the as long as the Fed wins this, then we will have a slow crash. Okay, so which one's fighting for a minimum wage? Which one's fighting for maximum? Oh, they're both fine with minimum wage. Oh. Uh, maximum wage would be like if they could get it passed, that would be a massive uh, coup for the uh, the World Economic Forum people. Because so we shouldn't give them ideas. Hmm? We shouldn't give them. Oh, any they already ideas. know this. <laughs> no, this is uh, come on. This is old hat. You think you think this idea hasn't been discussed in socialist circles? Come well, no, on. no, it's just like uh, if minimum wage worked, then there would be a corresponding maximum wage, which would also adjust the same amount, thus eliminating any benefit, really, of adjusting either of them. Well, if minimum wage uh, worked, then hot would be cold, up would be down. So, like the world we're in, clown world. <laughs> well, it works great if what you're trying to do with it is move jobs to China. Mm. Mm. does work very well for that and and what really sucks about it is that all of the good things could so easily be done with bitcoin so like having a world currency will automatically move wages to a single standard but i can understand the resistance to that for the established well of course they will literally be out of a job well, oh, also, the, it's going to increase cost, right? Because if if suddenly wages are equalized around the globe, 
there's no longer the ability to use the arbitration of labor. That is to say that in some podunk country over here, labor is a dollar a day. Mm-hmm. Whereas to get the same labor in the United States, it's fifteen seventy five an hour, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can't uh, see those. I don't think those two countries would be would be unified in wage amounts based on both using the same currency. They could have very different wages and be paying those wages in the same currency because there are reasons that... If they were equidistant from the money spout, well, equidistant they would. from the money spout, but also there's the issue of how far do you have to ship something after you've created it. Right, yeah. That's a change you can't eliminate. Um, You know, there's a question of how much of your stuff is the government of whatever nation you're producing in going to steal? Um, And that's something that... uh, that changes the cost of doing business. If half of what that would equalize too. So if all governments, because all governments would be equal distance from the money. Which to is to say a Bitcoin cryptocurrency is sort of omniscient. It doesn't exist anywhere, really. Right, because there's no issuing surface. There's no there's no inequality in those governments. They literally have to equalize their power because they're not closer or further from a continuously shifting monetary system. Mm. They're all equally distant. From this shipping, notwithstanding, right? Yeah. You, your, your point on shipping is is spot on. Well, no, no, no. So shipping actually comes down to uh, uh, an unpredictable thing, which is the the cost of shipping at this distance versus the cost of gathering those materials and putting them together. Mm-hmm. So if those materials can be gathered easy enough over here, then we won't ship it from over there. But if something goes wrong with where we're gathering materials over here, then we will have to ship them. And that's just the market moving the way the market needs to move. You so still have to ship to consumers. But here's the thing. So if you're producing where the ship, where the consumers are, that's going to be a much lower cost for uh, much lower shipping costs. So there, there has the the difference in wages has to at least cover the difference in shipping in order to make it a good move. That's actually what uh, what Adam Smith was talking about when he coined the phrase "the invisible hand." He talked. He was talking about importing things from abroad, and what's the limit of when it's worth doing that? Well, when the cost abroad goes above um, the local cost minus the shipping cost, that's when it's time not to import. Well, the biggest the biggest cost in shipping is dealing with the the legal particularities of whoever you're shipping to and from. So, for example, no American ship is allowed to move from or no ship is allowed to move from one American port to another American port unless the ship is made in America. So do you have any idea how many ships that keeps us from having? I mean, it's literally counted uh, uncountable. Yeah. Because there are ships that won't get built because of that stupid fucking law. Right. Yeah. So with all of this, it, it comes down to dealing with the legal particularities of all these different countries yeah. is always the biggest, uh, the, the biggest impediment to moving goods and services. You still need to have, uh, you know, 
efficiencies within the shipping and receiving of these goods, you know, from port to port. So, yes, there do need to be rules, but the rules that are in the way could very easily be done away with and we would see massive innovation and increase in efficiency. Now, how can the United States enforce such an absolutely ridiculous law? Like, physically, how do they do it? Well, they Men print the money. Oh, that too. Right. Yeah. They are closer to the money spigot. And because they're closer to the money spigot, they can have the most ridiculous laws on the face of the earth. And the further you are from the money spigot, the less absolutely ridiculous laws you can have and still exist. I do like the word spigot. Yeah. Just as a word, like, you know, total segue outside, like, I just pulled this conversation over. We're talking about the word spigot suddenly. Hey, we're logophiles here. Yeah. I just just like that word spigot. We love our words. It's not too late to spigot. Spigot Spigot good. good. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spigot. Didn't we have a portmanteau earlier? What was it? Didn't we know a portmanteau? Didn't we have a portmanteau earlier in the Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. Anyone remember? I don't remember. I'm sure, what plenty it was. of our we'll audience have to does. Go back and watch. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll have to go back and listen later. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the derailing. Yeah. I almost never remember what I say on the air. I have to go back and watch it later if I'm if I want to know. Well, speaking of segue, uh, new. We were talking about the amount of laws, mm. right? And then new laws, right? Well, some of them you might consider good news in some places, like. Maryland and Missouri are slated to roll out their rules and regulations for legalized recreational marijuana for adults over 21. Uh, so apparently new legalized drug laws are going into effect uh, today in some places. Uh, voters in both states, which currently offer medical marijuana to adults, passed ballot measures in November that approved the change. As of January 1st, 21 states and the District of Columbia offer adult residents legalized recreational and medicinal marijuana. Hallelujah. Now, I mean, nobody, you know, you and I are about the same age, man. I remember this, this like, if you're not watching it, watch that freetalklive.com. I'll describe it to you in a minute. But I remember just always, right, mm-hmm. you do this little look over your shoulder before you light the bowl or the mm-hmm. joint or whatever when you're hanging out with your friends, you're going on a buzz run or whatever, uh, and you do this just little sort of look, is the man around? You know, yep. you, you get in this habit of looking for that mm-hmm. because you uh, you want to enjoy this beautiful plant that's put on oh, earth. No doping in the open. But I was looking for the cops because I knew that it was illegal. And um, you have to you have to do that. You have to do have this. Have you not heard the motorcycle song? Uh, the I don't want to pickle. Yes. I just want to ride my motorcycle. Yes. And I don't want to every die. turkey day. I just want to ride my motorcycle. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It's not that one. No, it's the same artist. Oh. This uh there's Alice's restaurant, Arlo but Guthrie. there's also the significance uh, of the pickle. Right, right. Motorcycle. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I don't want a pickle. I just want to ride on my motorcycle. Is that like a popsicle? I don't mm, want a pickle. Maybe a folk sickle. I'd Ooh. rather ride on my motorcycle. Just your like frozen parents on a stick. Folksicle. <laughs> we tortured die. some folks. I just want to ride on my motorcycle. Uh, cool. Growing up, I don't. What, what was the first state to actually legalize recreational marijuana? Uh, Maine, Colorado? I think. Maine, really? Yeah, I think Maine. I'd and guess then Colorado. California. I thought it was Colorado, then uh, then Washington, then Maine, but I I don't know. 
maybe it's because of the location. Like I lived in Washington and it became legal there. And I'm like, oh, you know, and I remember it happening in Colorado around the same time yeah. as Washington. I think Colorado might have actually had it first before. I think it kind of depends on how you draw the line. Yeah. But uh, I remember it getting legalized for medical marijuana there before yeah. I'm pretty sure anywhere else. Yeah. And but there used to be zero places that it was legal. Yeah. You know, you mm. couldn't you sort of walk down the street with a joint, you know, which you can where it's legal, you know, smoke it, you know. Uh, you can in places now because, like, the tolerance for it has grown. But in, into 21 states, apparently, so... No, I remember the exact moment when we were outside the club and I had come back to Colorado and the culture had shifted enough that there was no longer the look over your shoulder. Like, if you did that, you got laughed at. Yeah. Because it had it had just changed seemingly overnight to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's amazing. You allowed me to smoke allowed. a plant that grows in the universe. Think about like, everybody that smoked weed had to be paranoid. About that. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. Smoking weed doesn't make you paranoid. Smoking weed makes them out to get you. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Fact. That is exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You smoke weed because that makes you feel good. Makes you high. Yeah. You know, but. How dare you? But How dare you? But it also. Like, well, up until recently, some of these states now. That is not the religiously approved way of altering your consciousness. That is not the state approved way of altering your consciousness. Right. What I don't like about all this marijuana legalization is the, it's a tax trap, right? And and by tax trap, I mean, I know in Washington state when the recreational stuff was legalized, that they were taxing somewhere near half at all three points in the process. So the grower was taxed, the um, you know distributor was taxed, and then the retailers were taxed. So, and all that money went to the fucking Washington state government. For what? Did they offer any assistance in these entrepreneurs building their businesses? Nope. Did they lend a hand? Did they help with packaging? Did they help with designing the logos? Did they help with networking? Did they help with you know contacting the stores to see if they'll carry their product instead of somebody else's? They didn't help with a goddamn thing, and they're taking fucking half. Well, they, they helped by not beating you up and throwing you in jail. That's helping. It's not helping. It's literally not doing anything. That's, that's the description of mafia. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. It absolutely is. I'd be terrible if anything ever happened to your operation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And let me tell you, that mafia has a hell of a hitman. Ooh. Like, <laughs> I would I would probably much rather be under the rule of mafia. Oh, yeah. Than I would under this institution of violence known as government. Yeah, without a doubt. Because if somebody in the mafia was like, hey, if you pay us this cut, we'll protect you. Right. They might actually follow through. Yeah. 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 Uh, I hope you've seen the uh, the rant uh, at uh, Soapbox Idol. Emily Sandblade. Mm, that's the one. I think I have seen that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Ten reasons it's better to be ruled by the mafia instead of the government. Yeah. yeah. And it boils down to they provide better service. Yes. 
And they're Be- easier on the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last reason. I think that's part of providing service. Okay. Like, if you've got to compete, you've got to have some style. And the mm-hmm. less you have to compete, the more hideous you can become without anyone checking it. True. Uh, so, apparently, several states are implementing changes to criminal justice policies beginning today, January 1st. Illinois is slated to become the first state in the union to end cash bail. Mm. Under the Safety Act, courts will use, quote, a more equitable system where pretrial detention is based on community risk rather than financial means. Holy shit. I have no idea what that actually means. What does that look like? It means that they would not keep you locked up when you're not a risk to the community. Mm, Now, do I think that's what they're going to do? No. It says a more equitable system where pretrial detention is based on community risk rather than financial means. Right. You can no longer buy your way out. The court has to determine what kind of a risk you are to your community. Well... If they were going to actually do that, it would be great. No, that would be great if 100% of arresting people was actually based on the idea of, are you a danger to others right now? Yeah, That the, would be the great. Problem is, They're not going to, but it would be nice. The problem is they regard things like, oh, he smokes weed as he's a danger to others. Right. Yeah. Because of- it's illegal. In spite of the fact that that is the exact opposite. Yeah. I'm much more of a danger to others when I don't smoke weed. (laughs) (laughs) Also, most people are, yeah. I mean, if someone's getting belligerent at a ball game, are they high or are they drunk? Yeah. Drunk. Yeah. Think of the stoners Mm. in your life. Do they seem really fucking dangerous? Honestly. Yeah, I don't think Mm. I've ever seen uh, two stoners like you know, get too high and get into a fist fight with each other, right? Uh, but I've seen two dudes get really drunk and get into a fist fight with each other right. over nothing. Right. You know, you know. They have no confrontations that cannot be solved with munchies, honestly. <laughs> we used to fantastic. give ourselves uh, on April 20th when we went out to the state house, we yeah. used to go in and have a little tour before we smoked. And uh, one of the things I'd always do when I was walking, because they'd have state cops who were like lining the walls um, and or or not so much lining the walls, but spotting the walls. Sure. But every time I walked by a state cop, I'd be like, next year I'm coming back with 200 drunks. And they're like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, in addition, California will become the first state. <laughs> this one bugs the shit out of me. Uh, and it's not because I'm a fan of this particular thing. You'll understand in a second. California will become the first state to restrict the use of rap lyrics in criminal investigations in 2023. Uh, I, I didn't know that rap lyrics were free to be used in criminal investigations. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but... Under the law, a judge will have to determine the admissibility of the lyrics in question as evidence and whether they are directly linked to an alleged crime. Mm. Yeah. To the me, that reason sounds like the PMRC for this is because they've had a couple of rappers on on the stand for other for like actual crimes, mm-hmm. and 
they've they've been like, well, you wrote this song with this lyric in it, didn't you? And yes. try to use the lyrics they wrote as evidence against them. Yeah. That they're like bad people because they wrote these lyrics and therefore they should be convicted. Of- I can only imagine like the FBI taking a screenshot of like a text message and then you going, yeah, but that's me trying to write a lyric. Yeah, those are rap lyrics. Uh, right, yeah. Not, not I intended to do this heinous thing that my lyrics describe, but that's part of my art. I'm writing rap yeah. lyrics and you're using that. Like I could see that. Um, yeah, that is an grievous violation of but also you the freedom just, of speech. You just abolish the FBI and make that problem go yeah, away. Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, it's plan A, right? Figure mm-hmm. out our own system of having peace and maintaining it with our people so that they can just shrivel up and go away. Several states will also have new regulations that will expunge the records of former felons who don't commit any crimes after they're released from prison. Under Michigan's new rules, up to two felony convictions will automatically be expunged 10 years after a person's sentence is complete if they don't commit another crime. I wonder if, is it if they don't commit another felony or is it if they don't commit another crime? Like what constitutes a crime mm-hmm. in this particular sentence? Um, There are several exceptions, including felonies that involve sex crimes and a felony conviction for domestic violence. California will allow people with violent felony records to petition to have their records sealed if they completed their sentence and have not had a new felony offense in four years. Yeah, fuck all that. Yeah, this is, and these are like, I don't know. I'm sorry, if you harm someone... You don't ever get to get away from the record of that. Now, if you make it up to them, that should also be part of the permanent record. Oh, yeah. Like, that's all really obvious. But no, they will decide there is no record of that having ever occurred. Yeah, way to defend us. Well, and they're not. I mean, obviously. Yeah. No, this is. An amazing win for their ability to just get unbelievable amounts of crime not only done, but covered up. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, they put these two things in the same category. So we're like, well, yeah, obviously I want the fact that this person got caught smoking pot not to haunt them for their entire lives. Or or at all. Because it's pot. Right. (laughs) That would be the actual fucking solution to this. Is right. They didn't harm anyone. So if they didn't harm anyone, there shouldn't be any record of that. That's private. Fuck off. And like, I feel like people in society are at such a, a peeping Tom level with the rest of society that it's not being taught how to mind your own business. Right. And, you know, still be neighborly and accepting of people who are different than you make decisions and have different cultural things than you do. Like that is not seemingly anyway, it doesn't seem to be being taught what I see increasing in the world. And maybe it's just social media. Maybe it's media in general, but what I see increasing is bickering. Everybody's bitching about mm. how oh, this guy didn't do it the way I like him to do it. And that guy did, that person didn't do it. And I would have done blah, blah, blah. And I could have done, he should have blah, blah, blah. Well, and it's like, Oh my God. It's Cause man. we're in a culture war. 
So here's how that one works out. Like, they are constantly bickering because there is an actual fight going on between culture A and culture B, city mice and country mice. And the fact that the government gets to print an unbelievable, like, trillions, li- just literally yeah, trillions. It is a mind-boggling amount of money. Ever seen a trillion And dollars? they just get to keep, no. Me neither. No, I've never seen a trillion of anything. I don't even think I've seen, what's the maximum amount of cash I've seen? Probably 10 grand. Yeah. Right. So the fact that there is this power to print an ungodly sum of money means that we have to be fighting each other in a perpetual uh, cold civil war. And that's what the culture war is. And And my my guess is that most folks can't even comprehend what a million dollars looks like. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I've seen a million people and it's mind boggling. I've seen a million faces and I've rocked them all. (laughs) I've never seen a million faces. Like not at once because you can't. It's physically impossible. Yeah, Yeah, it blends into the background. Uh, The the disturbing thing about uh, these new laws and and this article is titled, uh, here are some major new laws that go into effect in 2023. So they just picked a couple. They thought they'd write an article and and those were the ones that uh, we just discussed here tonight. The bothering thing about this is that, that that's like, what do we talk, three, four, five different laws out of 40,000. Yeah. And these yeah. are new, not 40,000 total, 40,000 new laws every fucking year. Yeah. Well, and At none of that matters. point is enough? None of that matters. Matters when you're in the crosshairs of the state. Well, yeah, yep. not really. State's going to do what it wants to. Uh, obviously, right. And they've created the framework for them to just make up a thing to come after you for if they don't fucking like you. Yeah. It's what the state does. Nothing checks them. There are no balances. The state will come after you whether it's legal or not. I mean, do you know anything about the civil rights movement? Do you have any idea no, how I much illegal, do you know how much illegal shit the police did during that? They still do. I mean... It's legal now, but wasn't then. Never stops them. People with the power are always corrupt. And that's the thing. The the real law There's is, probably some guy out there listening going, Fuck you, man. I'm I'm I've got some power. I'm not corrupt. Well, guess what? You you are and you can't help it. You might have the most noble of intent, but because you work for the state, the state is inherently corrupt just by its existence. Yeah. You have power over others that was not granted to you by those others that you have power over. There is nothing but evil to that. There cannot be anything but evil to that. Power is dangerous. It is always dangerous. It cannot be otherwise. It's true. It corrupts. It's corrosive to everything good in you. And the only possible way of coping with that that we have is to spread it literally as thinly as we possibly can. Well, all you do is just give it back to where it came from, which, you know, where it should have always originated. Yeah. Uh, And that is the individual. Just recognize that every individual has the exact same amount of power uh, over every other individual. Yeah. And the, the real law, the real law is written on the heart of everyone. This is mine, that's yours. That's all. That's the real law. 
you see people violating it, yep. you know they've broken the law. Yep. It's everything you learned in kindergarten. Yeah. Well, who will enforce this law? Everyone. Everyone else. Everyone who can, to the degree that they can. And that's up to them to decide. It's really all that simple. I know a, a lot of folks have a hard time, well, conceptualizing law in the first place, but then also conceptualizing reducing it down to something as ridiculous as, uh, you know, do no harm. Yeah. Right. Do no harm, take no shit. Right. I mean, that encompasses the nap. Right. That encompasses uh, don't steal, don't take somebody else's stuff. Don't take no shit as a value judgment. Okay. And I agree with it. Okay. But, but I look, I, there is a place in my world for pa- for pacifists. To, to, to me, take no shit is just the uh, the part where the non-aggression pr- principle says it's okay for you to defend yourself, right? Well, I am pro- not. I'm not a pacifist. I'm not going to allow somebody to strike me and not defend myself. I mean, maybe I will, depending on the circumstance, right? But. Uh, I reserve the right to use an equal, if not greater, force of violence against the one uh, aggressing upon me. And so that's the difference between, that's where the take no shit part comes in. It's like, I'll be your friend and and that's all fine and good until you aggress upon me and then I'm not going to put up with that. Or others. Right. If you aggress on me or others, I have the right to, within my ability, stand up for myself and others. To what extent do... Any of us have the responsibility to defend others. None, except by our agreements. But not all of our agreements are spoken. How so? Well, there's plenty of people that I'd be real damned upset with if they didn't move a muscle and they could just as easily stop someone from harming me. I'd be real disappointed. Okay. I might not ever have anything to do with those people ever again. But they have now, no responsibility to do so. No. Okay. I mean, I think they feel a responsibility to themselves in terms of maintaining their own identity to do something if they can. And that's a big part of why I hang out with them. Those are the people I like to hang out with. But that's very different from an enforceable responsibility. Yeah. It's very different from an enforceable responsibility. Enforceable comes down to one simple thing. Prove it. So if I have a contract with you and I've promised here under these circumstances and in this way, I will protect you. And here's what I've gotten from you. And then I don't. Well, I'm in breach of contract. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not okay. I have the obligation then. And the reason you know that is because you can prove it. Can you prove it? Well, then it's enforceable. Right. And if you can't prove it, then it's not enforceable. Right. And yeah, that's a gamble because everything in life is some kind of probability. Sure. I mean, even writing down. probably true. Even writing down your agreements, right? Perhaps one or both of you, whoever the agreements were between, lost the copy. Yep. Right. Now you can't prove it. Yep. But if one of you can produce the copy, well, then you can prove it. Right. And, you know, you roll the dice that you choose to roll. And, sure, there are a lot of circumstances where it's risky for me to defend someone else. Yeah. But there are a lot of those circumstances where I will do it anyway. I would, speaking of defending other people, occasionally we'll see these videos of something like, I don't know, like the the Mad Christmas Rush or, you know, somebody getting trampled by a crowd and, and that kind of thing. Or, 
even better, uh, police are, are beating an unarmed man. Mm-hmm. And they're surrounded by, you know, 8, 10, 15 people, all with cameras, right. filming the police. But nobody jumps in to help the guy who's getting the beat down. Well, do you know what would happen if they did? Well, tell me. The National Guard. Because they always escalate it. That's the way law gang runs. If you stop that cop from beating that homeless person, he will call in his buddies. Doesn't even have to be and a homeless And if you guy. have buddies, then they'll call in more buddies. And they will call in more buddies and more buddies until they just fucking shoot you. Okay, but there's more human beings that are not a member of law enforcement or government than are. There's about 200 humans for every jackbooted thug. So, it seems to me like if folks just started defending each other more, could make a bigger difference in the world. I don't know. Yeah. If you could get half a percent to stand up, it would be a huge difference. That's a fact. Half a percent even. Well, half a percent would be equal to that that way you would have as many people standing up as you have cops. I see. And here's something you don't even see. Telling them to stop. Right, yeah. Like that's how threatened they are. Right. Obviously they want you to stop. You think they're filming this for fun? Right. I mean, maybe one sadistic asshole's filming this for fun, but they're not filming this for fun. They're filming this because it's all they can do. Right. It's it's the one thing that you won't beat their teeth out of their head because they're doing. If they told you, hey, stop that, you might turn. I, I just... And they would have to run. So I just have to think to myself, same crowd, right? Uh, picture A is the unarmed guy getting beat by a couple of cops, right? With like batons or whatever, right? So no firearms are drawn. And there's a bunch of people standing around. We'll call it 15 people, all with their cameras or cell phones out filming the thing. Or scenario B, where there's a couple of cops with batons beating an unarmed guy, and there's 15 people standing around, and instead of pointing their cell phones at them, they're pointing their guns at them. That sounds that like would more do it. fun. That's I'm not the only suggesting thing that would this. do it. No, I am absolutely I'm just saying suggesting that, that which that scenario they are is going to have armed, a bigger impact. If they are equally armed, then it stops. Right. It's the same theory that I have about like the schools, right? Because they disarm everybody in the schools, so they're sitting ducks, right? So you put up some signs at a school that say, uh, hey, uh, all of our teachers and, and faculty are heavily armed and trained to protect the children at all costs pretty sure that school is never going to be a target and those children will be perfectly safe yeah there's mm-hmm. a reason that 100 percent of mass shootings happen in uh gun-free, gun-free zones. zones right yeah yeah and it's causal it's a direct causal relationship because if you're not in a gun-free zone someone's got a gun yeah and you don't get to have a mass shooting when someone has a gun yeah because you get through one or two and they shoot you it's sad to me that in the scenario A, where it's the, the 15 people pointing cell phones at the cops, that like they're actually pointing and shooting, right? It's just cameras because that's how helpless society has become. So I do wonder 
how long would it take them to put down a mass shooter that was dressed as a cop? Would it ever even end? Ooh. I don't know, but, you know, that's probably a good place for us to call it. Um, I Oh, hold on. Sure, go ahead. Uh, I want to make a prediction for 2022. All right. Uh, this 2022? Month, or sorry, 2020. For last year? <laughs> it's a little late for 2022 sorry. predictions. <laughs> 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, this month, in fact, now that it's January. Yeah. And uh, in 20 days... Uh, Biden, watch your ass. I think that Kamala is going to be our president. And I know for a fact that she will have the longest term starting on the 20th. All right. Well, uh, with that, uh, thank you, nobody. Welcome back. Nobody was glad to be here. Oh, and uh, price controls in, uh, in Europe. Uh, excellent hat for the holiday as well. Thank you. The three-toed uh, sloth. Enjoyed that. Uh, I think all three of us agree that uh, there's only one organization on the planet that can do the things that it does. Uh, that organization type is known as the government. This has been Beard Talk Life. Peace. Hey, everybody. Gather around. I'm here to give you anything you like. You want free college, energy, mortgages, (laughs) whatever you like, you have come to the right place. Why? I'll tell you why. Who can take your money? Yeah.